Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 288. 288, that's so many mm-hmm. episodes <laughs> on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield. I'll be hosting the show for the next couple hours of intense video game discussion. Alongside me to do that is Matthew Kyle. Matt, how has your week been? Pretty good. A um, couple of games, trip to Disneyland. You went to Disney times. this week? Yep, Friday. What did you go to see in particular? Or just uh, it was for uh, my friend's birthday. Oh, so private he... birthday party at Disney? Not private, but he just wanted to go to Disneyland with anyone available, so we did. That's cool. It was a good time. What was the most fun thing you did at Disney? Um, hmm. Well, we did a lot of different things at that time. Um, the most notable thing that was different from the routine, because we, you know, we, we have a set number of rides we go on. Uh, we... Uh, um, they had a, they had new sour cherry churros. No, oh. uh, that sounds disgusting. No, they were great. Really, they're one of the best churros they've ever done. Wow, it was really good with cream cheese dip. Very. Excellent. That sounds gross to me. Um, and then we uh, uh, he managed to get reservations at the Blue Bayou, which we don't. It's very hard to do. So mm-hmm. we ate there. That was good times. He got a big chocolate Mickey cake for the birthday thing. You know, oh, awesome. get to order on your birthday. It's like a chocolate mousse thing. Um, yeah, it was good. good had stuff. any of the rides or attractions changed since you were there last? No. Any additions or anything? Uh, no. Um, I mean, there's some closed. I mean, the Haunted Mansion go, went back to the normal Haunted Mansion from the Nightmare Before Christmas mm-hmm. uh, version. Uh, the Splash Mountain's closed now because they're redoing it as Princess and the Frog. Uh, oh, from I song, didn't know that. Yeah, they're getting rid of the Song of the South stuff because... Because reasons. Cause, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that, that was about it. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we rode Star Tours a bunch, tried to see everything, didn't get Hoth. Hoth is impossible to get here. Like, huh. Hoth never pops up at, at, in Anaheim, and uh, Hoth always pops up in Florida, apparently. Interesting. I've never been on it. I've only been on it once in Florida, but not since they revamped it. Oh. Um, yeah, otherwise it was just, uh, we went to Guardians at least twice, I think. Um, it was a good day. Just, awesome. We, we learned the, the genie thing. It actually worked pretty well. Which the genie the, thing? Genie thing is like this new thing you add on to your pass, and like... It lets you set up fast pass stuff oh. uh, like ahead of time. Um, That's huge. Which like they launched it in Florida like a month or so ago, and it was just a disaster. Like just, huh. so basically, like Disneyland is getting sort of the bugs worked out already. <laughs> They're the beta test. Florida already beta tested it. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so yeah, it worked out. Worked out pretty well. It was a good day. Awesome. I had my birthday since we did our last yeah, show. So that was, your birthday was the day after that. Yeah. Yeah. I had an awesome birthday. I got awesome stuff for my birthday this year. My mom got me an air fryer. Um, I got a what else did I get? I got a new iPad. I got a new stereo receiver. They finally have, mm. pro tip, folks, receivers finally have figured right. out. This is a long journey. The HDMI 2.1 bug. So I got a receiver, not this Christmas. It just passed last Christmas. And it was supposed to have HDMI 2.1 with 4K, 120 frames, pass through. And there was all kinds of bugs. It, and it affected every receiver that came out that year. It wasn't just the one that I got. They finally got the new HDMI boards into the receivers. So just want to let you guys know, if you're like me and you've been waiting to get a new receiver to pass through these new consoles, they now work. And so I got a new receiver, which is really exciting. Um, I had a great birthday, so I can't complain at all. Um, what else happened this week? Let's see. Actually, there's been a bunch of stuff that's happened this week. This show is going to be awesome, by the way. There's, we have, we're packed wall to wall with high impact, high interest games. Um, some other stuff, Pactor Factor. Um, questions for that close tomorrow. We're shooting the show on Thursday. We actually got the call for questions out early this time uh, because in the last couple of weeks, for whatever reason, I've been getting so many 
emails, DMs on Twitter, asking when people can ask questions for Pactor Factor because mm. all this big news has been breaking. Um, so anyway, if you're one of those people who has been asking incessantly for the last two or three weeks, the call for questions is out there now. You can't miss it. It's on our Twitter feed. It's on the uh, the header of the website. It's on our YouTube channel, on the community tab. It's everywhere. So if you want to ask Pactor questions about huge stuff like Microsoft buying <laughs> Activision Blizzard or Sony buying Bungie or any of the other crazy stuff that's happened in the last like three or four weeks. Make sure you get those questions in now um, and we'll be shooting the show on Thursday morning. What else? There's a Nintendo Direct tomorrow. It's supposed to focus on Switch games that are coming in the first half of the year, um, which should be good. You'll find that at Sitted.net. We'll be curating it. You can watch it there. Um, what else? Uh, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League was delayed. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of my fantasy video game fantasy league, which picks. is something I suggested, as I recall, didn't push too hard on it, but th- it makes no sense, Matt. It's February. And we're probably not getting Gotham Knights this year either. What? Probably not getting Gotham Knights this year either. Whatever it looks Arkham like we Knights, are. It, was. it looks like we're getting Hogwarts Legacy. Hogwarts, yeah, they're 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 targeting September for that yeah, right now. There's a like, book that's coming out to, mm-hmm. that's like a companion for it. Yeah, if, if the if the books are slated for release, it's probably coming. That's how we yeah. found out about the Mass Effect remaster originally. Was they had uh, we had they had the the Art of Mass Effect trilogy slated for I think February last year, and then it slipped to May. But mm-hmm. like that's a pretty good indication it's it's imminent. So, uh, but I don't know. Like, is it Gotham Knights or Arkham Knights? Or Gotham Knights. Gotham Knights. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. We sure, they sure haven't talked about it. Explain this to me, Matt. How do you show Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League in December? In December. Mm-hmm. And say it's coming next year. And like 40 days later, yeah. there's a leak. Yeah, like if this was July, it would be one thing. Like, you know, I'm still not 100% convinced. I'm sure part of that is denial because I don't want to believe mm-hmm. it. But it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like what they would have known in December that there was no way in hell it was coming out in 2022. You'd think I and also I would mention this is not usually when these leaks happen. The publisher then kind a of couple days it. later yeah. puts out a press release and says, "Yeah, the game's delayed." That has not happened. So mm-hmm. I'm still although they holding, also haven't denied it. That's so true. It's, it's that's inter- a good point. That's interesting. That's a good point. I'm still holding a sliver of hope that it in fact is not delayed out of the year. It's just a sliver, though. So there goes one of my games for my fantasy team. Mm. Up up comes Tina, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Yep. <laughs> my first alternate, which, yikes, that is not good. Um, and then it appears that the Amico is in dangerous territory, dangerous mm-hmm. waters. Um, the Intellivision Amico, who's been fronted by Tommy Tallarico all this time, he's decided to step down as CEO. The thing, the last date they gave was by the end of 2021, here we are in February 22, nope. still not on the market. They did put the games for sale in November. You've been able to buy mm-hmm. Amico games since November. Yeah. Well, now they're talking about the games going up in price because um, they're supposed to all be $10 or less. Now mm-hmm. they're talking about more expensive games. Yeah. Uh, there's talk that you know they're doing another a fourth round of crowdfunding on a very shady crowdfunding platform. It has a better business bureau rating of one star. Oh, geez. Um, I, I dug into some Who of this a little bit. Who would be dumb enough? To donate to that, um, definitely some of the people who donated to, to the Amico so far. I've I dug into that audience a little bit, and it's like, like I never I didn't know that demographic existed. Like angry fifty-something men who think <laughs> Nintendo ruined video games in 1985. <laughs> that is a new one on me. Um, Look, I could get the first two rounds. After that, like yeah. you're just 
Not as they just flush your money. Well, and there's the something about some loan they took, I think, from Fig or something that it's just like it's like they have to pay back a hundred dollars per amico sold, like for it's it's some insane wow. like t- terms like it. Like I don't know AKA, who entered into that. Job, Amico that, is doomed. Yeah, I, you, you, and, and there's <laughs> there's talk that like they they threw a 1.4 million at the manufacturer and the manufacturer like can't give them the units and they don't have any more money to get another manufacturer to make the units and they might not get the money back from the first one. Like this thing may never exist. Has it ever existed? Doesn't sound like it. it really outside does. Of a couple of prototypes that they used to make their trailers and things yeah. like that. And then talking about like race. I mean, this thing could be as much as a switch. From what they're talking about, any meaningful price raise right now, especially in Europe, is going to put this thing on par with a Switch in price. And, like, it ain't no Switch, folks. Yeah, well, they're selling it as basically a Switch. Kinda, because yeah. Tommy's whole line is, like, this is a family-friendly console that you can play with your kids. I'm like, Tommy, that already exists, this buddy. This is called the Switch. <laughs> also, like, you spent your whole reviewing career complaining about Nintendo making baby games. Right. And, all and now sudden- you're making baby <laughs> games that don't even look as good as Nintendo uh, any entertainment system titles. It's bizarre. You can't make this stuff up It sometimes. is bizarre. It really is. So, And it doesn't even seem to be a scam because it just seems like it's, it's just, just a dumb product. A failure. It yeah. Does, yeah it's a, like, no one's making out like a bandit here. Just no. everybody's just making horrible mistakes. <laughs> it's, so, it's bad. Yep. So anyway, that's the update on the Amico. Um, it's not looking good. I would yeah. not spend my money on any of that no, stuff if I were I mean, you. There's been a lot of comparisons to the Ouya, but you know what? My Ouya showed up. And it works still. It work- I mean, yeah. I mean, it theoretically. Still, it actually still kind of works as like a Raspberry Pi device. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing else I can do with it because it's got my name on it. So. Oh, right. <laughs> I yeah, forgot I, about yeah, that. The, the first waves of the Kickstarter ones were, were monogrammed or whatever. Right. I'm just like, oh, nobody wants this. Like, what? <laughs> That's true. Like, you yeah. can't resell it now. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, we're about ready to kick off the show. Let's check in with our chat, though, before we do that. Uh, let's see if anyone's hooked us up with some Twitch Prime early on in the show. Uh, happy belated birthday. Thank you, AJ the Legend Watson. Appreciate it, man. Um, Sneaky Shalashnake, are them air fryers any good? So all I've done so far, and I did have a deep fryer before this, and I had, like, canola oil in it, so it was all no cholesterol, because I have cholesterol problems I've developed here in the last couple years. But... You're still eating a lot of oil. So if you make fries in a deep fryer, you're eating a lot of the oil. They soak up the oil. And so I got the air fryer for it to be more healthy. And all I've made so far in it is French fries, and they were amazing. Mm. I literally could not tell that they were not deep fried. So, so far, so good. I haven't, made like, I haven't made like wings in it yet or anything like that. We'll see how that goes. But so far, I've, I think it's amazing. I don't know how they do it. It's like this crazy thing where they just blow air around the food yeah. really fast. Heat is heat. It's really, it is. Like, if you can heat it up to the same degree that, you know, hot oil can heat it up, you get the same result without the oil. Yeah. So I'm happy with it so far. Um, Commander Fett, thank you for Twitch Prime. Uh, Mitch Sikor, thank you for Twitch Prime. Anyone else? Adonis is Beast, thank you. Don Lionheart, thank you. I think that's it for the early going. We have a big show today. Four or five gigantic games to talk about on the show. We don't want to waste too much time. Actually, there is one more note. And people may some people may be disappointed in this. I don't know how you guys feel about it now that it's happened for a while. There is no name that game this week. Bum, bum, ba-dum. <laughs> I have run out of things to give you guys. <laughs> I don't have any more stickers. Um, after I, I ended up shipping out like five like episodes worth of them um, over the last week. And I have, so if you guys I have were, a feeling people want to continue it just for the glory. That could be. 
Um, but I don't have anything to give as a prize. It's actually in chat. Let me know. Are you guys cool with playing without prizes for a little bit until I can get more stickers? Yeah. At least it means people could play over and over. That's true. It means the winners could come back in. That's true. That's true. Um, I am getting new stickers made for our Sticker Shock tier on Patreon, but they're only going to be three different designs. Uh, so going forward, instead of getting five stickers, you only get three for any of that game. But still, you're winning something, which is, I think, awesome, just for showing up in watching our stream. I don't know if other streams do that, but um, I always try to hook you guys up whenever I can. <laughs> if anyone gets 10 in a row, they get an air fryer. <laughs> <laughs> that's No, that's way too much money. <laughs> Justin Horman, thank you for Twitch Prime. Appreciate it, man. Um, okay, I think we're ready to rock, Matt. Are you ready to rock? Yeah. Let's do this thing. We're going to kick things off with the biggest game of the week, undoubtedly, and that game is Dying Light 2. It just came out on Friday, and uh, so far, Matt, it appears that this Metacritic is around 7.7, 7.8, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, it's about kind of where I was thinking it would end up. Um, I was, you know, I know everybody was hoping it'd be like a nine after all the the hype and the and the buildup, but like it kind of landed about where I thought it was going to, both in the critic consensus and in how I feel about it. Oh, okay. So. Um, okay. Well, first of all, most of the people or most of the critics who really docked the score, most of them said they docked it because of bugs. Mm -hmm. And I talked about this on Good Morning Gaming, the episode that went up this morning, that I am playing on PlayStation 5, which is supposed to be the platform that has the most issues, and I have not had a single bug. Not one. Not I've, a had, I've had many. Really? Are um, you playing PS5? No, I'm on Xbox Series X. Okay. It's uh, nothing serious, but, like, annoying. I've had none. Hmm. Not a, No glitches, no but Not even, like... A body part clipping through a wall. Oh, that happens all. I, I have, I have like, con like treasure containers. I've had, you know, you know, you, you fight off guys like looting a truck or something, and there's like little, the chest is there, and you multiple times I've had like the barrels that are part of the truck model covering the chest, and I can't get the stuff in the chest. Hmm. It's 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 just like little annoying uh, falling off of ledges, and then I instead of landing, you know, because you can tap the you get the skill to Circle tap the B button, button to like roll out to roll it. out of it or like yeah. mitigate the damage. I fall and then I f hover over the ground for a second, and then I hit and lose my life. And the and the and the tap of the button doesn't count to mitigate the damage. Stuff like that. Like it's, it's, I've literally had not a single bug. It's just it happens a, it, it, in like. You know, fighting guys, and they end up clipping through the wall, or like, oh, there's my favorite one is it. So if there's like NPCs like in the world and they're fighting zombies or whatever, and you jump down and let the zombies see you, the zombies won't know whether to go for the NPC or you, and they'll just stand there and vibrate. Really? Yeah. And like, you can let the NPCs pick them off or hit them with like throwing knives or something and kill them that way. I've had no bugs at all. None. Yeah, and well, there was different little, platforms are going to have different well, issues. The, before release or at release, a lot of people were saying the PS5 version was the worst. That it had the worst bugs. And there was just that little hmm. patch that I downloaded when I first got it. It maybe took 10 seconds to download, so it wasn't gigantic. But I've had no bugs at all. I mean, None. these are the things that have happened to me over the course of like 20 hours. So it's not, yeah. like, you know, it's not like they're constant. It's not like every time I play it, it's just riddled with bugs. Like it wouldn't be something I would probably drop scores for, I mm -hmm. don't think. It's just I've definitely seen it. But also it's like a giant open world game where you're supposed to be able to grab almost anything on the side of any structure and climb up. I mean, yeah, there's going to be weird things in it. Mm -hmm. It's just the nature of an open world beast. I just want to say off the start that I really like it. Like a lot. Like I really like Dying Light 2. Mm. And I will say that, I mean, I know that a lot of people dock their scores because of bugs. Um, and I totally get that. You got to review what they give you. I'm not saying that they're wrong for doing that, but I think this game is way better than its Metacritic average. Like mm. way better. 
I, like at least a full point better than its Metacritic mm, I don't, but I don't agree with the reasons people are reviewing it low for. I don't think the, I don't think the technical problems are that serious, frankly. I just think it's fine. Like I, I, I that's not. I, I think it's not super different from the first one in some ways. Uh, the story is not particularly interesting to me. Um, although I do appreciate one element of it that went a different way than I expected. I um, have had three instances of that where I was um, like, "Oh shit!" Well, I haven't like I haven't had "oh shit" plot moments, but there's basically I was expecting to easily side with the survivors over the cops over the peacekeepers, and I have been surprised by the fact that they have made both sides about equally reasonable and appealing. Um, or repulsive. Like, or repul- I mean, both. Yeah. I mean, when I say equally appealing, I mean also equally repulsive. Like, yeah. there is no clear-cut choice between these two. And, like, early on, I was like, oh, these the, police, you know, the peacekeepers, like, fuck these guys. I don't yeah. want to deal with you. And then, like, you go back and have to deal with the survivors, and they're all crazy people. Right. And, like, you're like, yeah. like, oh, no one's cool here. Like, it's yeah, like, yeah. Um, so you really got to weigh your decisions on those things, which I, which, so it made it a more meaningful thing than I expected it to be. I thought it was going to be easy, just sort of like, you know. I'm going to go with the, the ragtag survivors just want to survive and, and have their food and not get you know beaten down by jackboots. And in the end, it was like, nah, Peacekeeper's got a point. Like the, and and uh, Carl's kind of a dick. <laughs> so like, um, so I'm, I'm pleased by that. I think mostly... Um, I, I think, think the story's great. Um, I, I think it's mm. freaking awesome. I think it's one of the best open world stories I've played in years and years. Like, I compare this to... Watch Dogs, Assassin's Creed. I think the story in this is way better. Oh, sure. If you just want to go with Ubisoft stuff. Well, okay. Um, well, what would you... I, I think the open... I think uh, Horizon has a better story. I think... Um, I'd probably agree with that, but that's a 9.7 game, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's one of this the... This is re- a 7.7. Yeah, but that's one of the reasons I call it a 7.7, is I just don't find this... I, I think the story is much better than the first one. Um, Haven't for, you had, like, crazy situations where you're in a conversation with someone... And you don't even realize that you're making decisions that are going to change something that's about to happen, and then it happens, and you're like, "Oh shit!" No, really. If the if the words are highlighted gold, you're making a decision. Yeah, but like, so it's hard to talk about this stuff without spoiling it. So, I went to meet with someone who someone accused of doing something bad. Mm-hmm. We were. I go there. I rescue the guy. And we're on good terms. And then as I'm about to depart, it starts this dialogue tree. And I don't really think anything of it. I'm just like, okay, this is another conversation I'm having. I don't think it's going to change anything. Apparently, I had chosen some stuff that was wrong. And the dude's like, oh, I'm going to kill you. Mm. And I end up getting in a boss fight with this guy who 10 seconds earlier was a a friend. Uh, Was that related to water? It was, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that was very obvious I was starting a fight with that guy. when I I had no clue. How did you know? Because the the option is is gold, and if there's two gold options, it means that you are making an irreversible choice. Like the gold. No, I get that, but how did you know the choice was going to result in a boss fight? Well, I didn't know if it was going to result in a boss fight, but I did know that you know he might want to kill me, like because it might start a fight. It caught me completely off guard. I yeah. never guessed any of that was going to happen. I was like, oh my god! And I didn't know if it was going to. I might. I thought it might just make an enemy out of him, but in, you know, in more of a narrative sense. But like when he decided, he's like, "Nope, I got, I got to kill you now." I'm just like, "Oh, I guess, I guess so." Here we go. It's like, <laughs> I just, I get it, dude. It's cool. I yeah. love, I love the characters in this. I love how they're all being woven together. I like what you said. How everything you think everything's going to be black and white, and everything mm-hmm. is just completely not. Like no, they you- found, a, they found a good uh, a kind of grayscale morality on this for the most part. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm happy with that. I just don't find the 
main story kind of. Uh, I mean, maybe get some. I'm not actually that. I mean, it's it's a long game. Like, they, yeah. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not 500 hours, but like, you know, I'm 20 some hours in. I'm still not in the central loop. Like, yeah, it's insane. Yeah, probably because I keep getting distracted by side quest stuff. Because the side quest stuff is good. It like is. The, good. I think it's all good. <laughs> it's good. It's not blowing me away, basically. And also, I I don't. You know, I played Dying Light one for 100 some hours. This is not quite different enough for me to so, be super enthralled by it. At the, in the same way, also. I think progression is way too slow. It is way slow. too slow. Well, like, you can see I am why it's going to last somewhat, eighty yeah, hours. But or also, whatever. like, <laughs> I, I, my, one of my big problems with this game is um, every time I get a skill point, I go and look at the skill tree, and I don't give a shit about any of them. I don't care about any of the skills really? in the skill tree. Some like, of them are cool. A couple of them are, but like most of them are like not particularly meaningful upgrades. And I was like, well, I guess got to get through that one to get to this other one. I do want. That, like, I'm not going to get for, like, 40 hours because I need, like, 60 more stamina to get that. And that's going to take forever. And, like, it's once you get past a certain point where you have upgraded enough that you can easily go into the dark zones and the and the for, forgot, was it the forsaken stores and stuff and get mm-hmm. more, you know, pick up more uh, uh, inhibitors to, like, level the character up. But early on, you're just sort of, like, kind of grinding through the, the missions to try and get enough, like, resources to then get the equipment you need to go in and do some of this stuff and not get killed in four hits. Um, and I just find, I, I, I find it starts very tediously and it's getting better as I go. Uh, and I think it will open up tremendously once I get the grappling hook, uh, mm-hmm. but, as the first one did. But um, I feel I have a little bit of KOTOR 2 irritation with it where one of the things I don't like, about, one of the few things I don't like about KOTOR 2 is it takes like nine hours to get your damn lightsaber. And yeah. I'm like, I know what I'm here for. We played another game in this series. I know what I'm here for. Give me my basic equipment already. Yeah. See, see, I agree with that. Like, I don't think it should take that long for a game to get interesting. But I completely disagree that it's uninteresting. Like, I think it's been awesome from the first moment I played it. Mm. Like, I, I struggle to find criticisms for the game. Like, I understand certain people have certain preferences. But, like, objectively, I, again, I haven't had any bugs. I really, I think this game is great. Like, mm-hmm. the story has kept me sucked in. They keep introducing... And I think it's paced well. Like, they introduce you to somebody. You really get to know them. You really get to understand what their motivations are, who their homies are, whether you should fear them or whether you should try to work with them. And as soon as you get to that acceptance point, they introduce somebody else. And then that new person has all these new layers. Like, I really like it. My Honestly, my biggest complaint, and I did not play the first one all that long. I, I don't know, maybe 10 some hours or something like that. And my big complaint with it was I hated the controls in the game. I hate jumping with R1 and, like, doing, like, the the parkour gymnastics with the R1. It just feels awkward to me. Like, I went into the the options and tried to change just jumping to the X button. Like Mm -hmm. every other frickin' video game on the planet. You can't. You cannot customize the controls in the game. So I fell off from the first game because I did not like the gameplay. And this game is pretty much the same. Yeah. And that is my biggest gripe with this. The combat feels a little better than the first game. It's still not great. Yeah, it's still a little slippery. Yep. Uh, especially when you're fighting humans. Yep. And the parkour, like, I just don't feel... I, I can't just flow through an area. Even though mm. the but level that, design in this is amazing. Right. But that's the thing is you will eventually, once you upgrade stuff, and, cause, and that's clear like when you do the parkour challenges, and you're like, early on, you are literally not able to get more than a bronze Mm -hmm. like you simply do not have the upgrades yet because we should let people know like the skill trees are just split into two there's 
parkour, basically, and combat. Yeah, which is simplified from the first one. Right. And I like that, though. I like yeah. that the trees are yeah, much but more the, simple. The trouble with that is that my, my complaint is in comparison to the first one. Like, And maybe there's more stuff that opens up. I don't know. But, like... The skill trees on Dying Light 1, when you went through ne- like near the bottom, like the advanced stuff, there was crazy stuff in there. There was like crazy vaulting stuff and like you can like smear zombie guts on yourself to be invisible to the zombies. And you could, There was all these cool things you could do that I looked forward to getting. I looked down the skill tree on this and it's just like, oh, finally I'll be able to jump higher. Like, it's, mm. you know, it's like none of the, the like the end game skills in this game feel like crazy advantage things that I'm all I'm like oh my god it's basically gonna be like cheating like some of the high level skills and a lot of skill trees are most of the high level skills in this game feel like things I should have been able to do from the beginning and that I would be a lot to do at like the that. beginning of a game I can handle it I play the first one a lot but a lot of um, I haven't though and a lot of people haven't but you could definitely handle you know speed boosts over obstacles from the beginning yeah. you could definitely handle the grappling hook from the beginning you could definitely handle um being able to uh pull a guy, you know, dodge and, and knock a guy stumbling when, you know, from the beginning. Like, there's mm-hmm. the upgrades, in the early, especially the early upgrades are are baseline abilities, and the later upgrades are, like, things I would consider, like, first and second tier upgrades in a more, in a more interesting skill tree. Why That's, do you think that they dial that back? I really don't know. Um, I mean, there's obviously a reason. I think part of it is because they wanted to, to remain challenging. Like, there's a part in Dying Light 1 where you were just basically a god. Mm-hmm. And you can see that in some of the later DLC, where, they, you know, a lot of the later DLC is just outright unfair, because you were unfair, mm-hmm. you know? Like, so they're giving you stuff that it was actually going to be able to compete with the player character fully upgraded. I think a fully upgraded uh, Aiden is not going to be the force of nature that the fully upgraded whatever the hell the guy's name was in the first one was, who sounded oddly like this one, um, <laughs> but was not, you know, that's the other thing is the the guy vo- voice in Aiden, and I know this is just how this voice, I can't remember his name, I know how his, how his voice actor, sounds, sounds like Nathan Drake, sounds like, Nathan Dra- <laughs> sounds like Nolan North, Why like top to bottom. Why does every video game character sound like Nathan Drake? It just seems um, like, like literally, like sixty percent. I don't think I don't think it's that much. I think this guy, like they, this guy is literally a Nathan, a Nolan North sound alike. Yeah, like they brought Sounds this guy like in, him. and uh, for less, they didn't pay yeah. quite as much. <laughs> Which is weird, and that's also weird because he does sound a lot like the uh, similarly Nor- Nolan North sound alike who voiced the main character in the first game. I don't know if he's the same guy. I don't. I didn't look that up. Yeah, but um, that's weird because they're not the same character. Right. So why do they sound the <laughs> exactly. same? Exactly. Yeah. Um, there was also a moment in this when I started this game where it was like. Um, you know, it takes place in 2036, and there was just a moment where I was like, oh, wow, I'd be 60 then. And I'm like, that's not that far away. <laughs> I don't want to kill zombies right now. I'm going to go outside and sit. Um, there's just a moment where you have to admit that you are past survive the apocalypse age. Yeah. <laughs> like, we should probably let people know what the plot is. Like, there's game moments is. where I see, like, the older it. people in this game, and I'm just like, that's me. That would be me yeah. at this point. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> so the plot is you play as Aiden. He is what's called a pilgrim. They are people who, after in the, basically the apocalypse is a virus. Mm-hmm. The there's a lab that starts the virus. Yeah, they the, stop like, it the first time. Yeah, they stop and, it in the Dying Light One story, and then they uh, come but back. But secretly, the corporations yeah. continued researching, and then another virus got out and did the and same fucking thing. And they couldn't one. stop it. And you're Aiden. He's a pilgrim, and those are people who travel from area to yeah. area, which they is go very, out in the wild, which right. is right. Like Which is very tr- rare. Yeah, you're treated as basically a unicorn. Yeah, that so when trusts. you show up and people are like, oh, you're a pilgrim. Well, after wow. they try to hang you. And everyone, they'll either want to hang you or yeah. like worship you. It's yeah. Well, because part other. of the thing is like you get infected uh, when you get into the city, more or less. And mm-hmm. like uh, the thing is, like everybody in the city is infected, basically. Mm-hmm. And the thing that staves the infection, because everybody's kind of got um, a vaccine that sort of works. 
and then you can inhibit it with um, these inhibitor things, which are the upgrade thing, the hardest things to find. And yep. uh, they that you know, in, in story wise, they you know upgrade your your resistance to the virus. So every time it gets dark, or every time you're in a dark area, you're you have a countdown. It starts going down to when you're going to turn into a zombie, yeah. and so you have to get in. in it starts the, in at the light. like five minutes yeah. usually, and like it, it upgrades every time you upgrade your stamina or your health. Mm-hmm. And if you Drop down to nothing, you turn into a zombie, and that's it. If you, but you can keep it up by like you can go into UV lights, you can go into the sunlight, and you can eat uh, these UV mushroom things yeah. that give you not nearly enough time. Or there's like an inhaler it. you can use that yeah, extends your time. Oh yeah, there's like little yeah little things you can craft that help with that. But like mm-hmm. that's basically what you're dealing with. Um, the one thing that I think is very funny in this game is that you are constantly running. You know, a lot of the side quests and almost all the general like, kind of you know um, opportunistic gameplay revolve around scrounging for things and finding you know objects you can use to build things and like you know gl- gluing two things together to make. You know, there's there's one of the inhibitor mm-hmm. chests. Um, gluing things together to like you know make a med kit or like. You know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But apparently UV light bulbs are no problem <laughs> for anybody because there's thousands <laughs> of them and you never are asked to go get another one. No one is out there scrounging for like Lowe's hardware stores to find the last reserve cash. I haven't come across it yet. Of, Maybe you know, eventually. But, I know. Every time you liberate a windmill or something, like 4,000 UV lights pop up. And I was mm-hmm. like, I guess we just figured out how to make filaments, but we can't, <laughs> we can't grow pumpkins. Good. Yeah. Matt, how do you feel about the whole mechanic of the zombies are more dangerous at night and you, you need once the night falls, you need to be co you have five minutes before you need to get to a UV light. I mean, the, I mean that's another thing. I'm not a huge fan yeah, of Yeah, the zombies be being dangerous at night is, is from the first game. Right. Like that is, and like as, as well as like, if you want to go into a building, you probably should do it at night cause they leave the building leave the to building. hunt. Yeah. Um, so that's fine. But no, I hate having the exploration on a timer. Yeah. I hate it. I, I hate having things on like that on a timer, I don't like it especially because like so much of this stuff. When you go in buildings, even at night, there's still zombies in there, and you got a stealth. The top the you got, clock you put, turns you, real fast. Yeah, you too, put man. me on a like, you put me in stealth in a lethal situation, scrounging for equipment in a place I'm probably never coming back to, and you put me on a timer. Fuck you. Yeah, you like, I don't like that at all. Keep your eye on a clock. It's, it's really annoying. I don't annoying. like games that do that in general. No, like, not at all. It's just an element of video games that I don't enjoy at all. Like you want a couple of mission, you know, like some of the missions in this are like you got to get through all the parkour gates before the, the sausages expire, like for a timer or something. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fine, like little challenges like that. But as base exploration, exploration gameplay, no, I don't like that at all. Like it's one of the most yeah, annoying I don't things enjoy in the either. game. Um, it would be different if like, and again, there's a little thing. Like it would be different if. Uh, there were more ways to mitigate the timer. The timer was longer by default. Again, mm-hmm. if the timer upgraded faster, or if the mushrooms gave you more uh, immunity back. Like I just feel like you're just nickel and diming me through all this stuff. What, what I do, fun. Matt, is as soon as night comes, unless I want to accomplish, because there are certain missions that you can only accomplish yeah. at night. Unless I'm accomplishing one of those missions, I just go to sleep. Yeah, I just couldn't ignore the night. And like the and that, that bugs me because, you know, normally the way I play open world stuff is I would want to clear out areas before I move on to the next story stuff. You know, I want you know, there's not that like, you know, there's side quests that I can't handle because they're level three or level four. You know, there's there's rankings of how mm-hmm. you know what you should be before you try them. And that's fine. But like 
here's a you know here's a level one uh um fight against uh you know like a, a strong enemy and you get inhibitors for for being like a, like a i don't remember what they call them they're like you have to, can only fight them at night and they're in like a little like quarantine zone thing mm-hmm. and i go in it's it's listed as level one i'm doing pretty well i'm, I'm about you know i'm probably ranked level two most of my equipment and i go in and I, I started fighting this thing at like 1 a.m. And the sun rose while I was still fighting it. Mm-hmm. And he went back in the hole and I couldn't yep. do it. And I'm like, why is that ranked as A level one? B, why don't I have enough? And I, I'm like, and I realized like, I'm going to have to, you know, level up my stuff for like 10 hours before I'm powerful enough to come back and kill it. The progression is like molasses it in is. this game. And they, I think they're doing that because there's so much content. I think don't... so, but it's not a solution. You gotta extend yeah. that tech tree. You gotta, you gotta give me more, not less. I and mean, like, there are I mean, the first time a I... lot in the tree. Yeah, but like it's all repetitive. Like it's all like each each set of three or whatever is the same ability kind of slightly enhanced each time and it's boring. And like, the and like early on, even like you know, the first time you level up parkour and whatever, and they you know, as they're teaching you to go, I look in there, I'm like, okay, cool, and I start continuing getting you know, you get parkour points for literally everything you do, but you get like three or four or seven or whatever for jumping up on a ledge or whatever, you get maybe 30 for landing a, a jump or whatever. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I go up and I just look at like, oh, I wonder how close I am. Does I, I have like 200 something out of 6,000 XP to get to like level two, and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, and combat goes like so slow, like you don't get anything for killing stuff. Yeah, it's rid- like the only way to get it is to do missions or or side quests and stuff, and that gives you like hundreds or sometimes thousands of XP for those. But it's just. As you said earlier, though the side quests legit. Oh, the side quests are good, but I'm just like They're I like, always, I just always <laughs> feel like I'm stuff like Cyberpunk 2077 or even. The last assassin. But I just Creed. always feel like I'm scrambling to like kind of get through them in the sense that like either you got me in a weird timer and I feel like I haven't upgraded my stamina enough to like have enough, you yeah. know, immunity to get through it. Or you're like throwing like eight dudes at me and I'm just like, this seems like a lot and I've gotten through it. But like part of and I, you know, I shouldn't judge it by how other people play, but I'm just like, you know, like a less experienced like fighting game person than me might be like, I don't know how to fight these guys. You know, mm-hmm. and you got to learn how to incorporate the, the vaulting over guys and like, you know, and you got to it gets complicated. pick up stuff in the environment. You got to learn that the, the, yeah. you know, the bricks, they don't always mark all the, the incidental weapons until you're real close to them. You got to you see a bottle, you can go over deal with a bottle like that helps a lot. But I'm like constantly scanning literally yeah. every four or five seconds. Oh, that's the I other scan. bug I run into is sometimes the scan just doesn't work. Really? Like, it, you know, because in sometimes you know, normally it works. I mean, no matter what you're doing, pretty much, unless you're like falling, like mm-hmm. you can you can do the survivor sense thing. Sometimes it just stops working, and I have to like move around or something to weird. get it to do it. I've it's had weird. no problems with the game at all. Not one. That's probably the most little thing. And also, I've never seen anything like that. all this stuff must be in the middle section because the the beginning takes At place hour in, sixty. Yeah, the, the beginning <laughs> takes place in sort of a, a a lesser area that you're in. The whole goal is to get through this tunnel that gets you to downtown in the main yeah. part of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that prologue's like thirty hours. Like yeah. it's taken me a while. And I'm sure I could be beelining faster, but, uh, you know, I, I'm getting some distracted and some of us just all want to run around and learn how things work and poke at things. And I, I do love the uh, binoculars thing. I, yeah. like, I love being able to look around and see stuff and mark them and figure out where they are on the map and all that. That's fun. Yeah, open world stuff, it's, again, very similar to other games. There are bandit camps that you mm-hmm. take over. And, man, once you take over one of those, you get hooked up. Yeah. Like, you find their treasure room, and you're just like, whoa. Yeah, so I will say that it is. this game is much better at giving you worthwhile loot yeah. uh, when you do things in the first one. I appreciate the loot that I get, and it's most of it is not just that one tenth of a percent higher no most of it's a real jump it's a legit and they're pretty good about giving you for me they've been pretty good about giving me higher quality versions of what I'm already wearing 
mm-hmm. which is you know if I'm yeah. wearing like I'm, I have like archer I'm using archer wraps which give me like a nice stamina boost and I've gotten like two more you know a blue and a purple of those going for I'm like okay I don't know if that's intentional uh, or if the algorithm of the random loot like knows what I'm using and, and gives does me a favor but mostly I've been happy with what I've gotten being in the wheelhouse of what I'm trying to build the character into as opposed to like you know like you're just giving me all this stuff for this version of, you know give me all tank stuff that I don't want you know because yeah. I want to do more finesse stuff yeah but like I've I've been pretty happy with the loot system. I was not particularly happy with the loot system in Dying Light One. Dying Light One, a lot of times again, you, I didn't play it enough. To even you went through a lot of stuff opinion. in Dying Light One that in the end you you finally open the chest. Yeah. It's just like oh good coffee. You know, it's like <laughs> I have lots of packs of cigarettes in this game. Yeah, worth it. I have a lot of money now. I got the, yeah. Can they, you sell all your stuff? Yeah, they're very uh, generous with how much. I mean, you, you find every once in a while, I'm just like. Wait, I just found like a six hundred dollar bottle of alcohol in this one. Ch- I'm like, cool. Like, yeah. you know, it feels it feels nice. Like, yeah, it does. Um, and then there are windmills that you have to climb mm-hmm. up, and they're like first person platform puzzles where you have to climb up the windmill. Once you get there, you can take control of it, and then that sets up a base for you and your comrades. Where you and it's a fast travel point from that point forward. So a lot of the tenants that you know from open world games are in this game, and I believe handled very mm-hmm. well. And we also forgot to mention that Aiden yeah, also is looking me, for someone. Yeah. That's really the crux of the whole. Also, plot. let me know like there was like the thing there was he's running through the thing, he's jumping, you know, fast jumping through the th- that. And, oh, that takedown. That's like five, yeah, five you earn trees it for down. Sure. Like you're and yeah. you're not going to see that for sixty hours. Like it's like a bunch of this. You know, oh, the knife thing. I I can't even do that yet. Like yeah. it's, just, it's just endless. It's just it. It feels like a grind. And it's like the thing is like it doesn't stop me from playing. Also, I'm, I haven't fought a big guy at all. Like, oh, I, I did. I don't feel equipped to do that at all yet. He, I did. Because I'm just they're He's all surrounded by forty dudes. Think. Don't be scared when you see him. Because I at first oh. ran from him, and eventually I was like, mm-hmm. let me see if I can kill him, and I did kill I him. I can't do that yet. I'm just, like All this stuff is is like late-game upgrades you're looking at. It looks like basic abilities, the drop kick and the st- head stomp and stuff. That well, no, the drop kick you get right away. You do the vault over the enemy, and then you drop kick yeah, but the, the guy nor- behind him. Yeah, but the, the drop kick you can do out of like just a normal out jump, of nowhere. that's two more uh, upgrades past that. That's like gotcha. 200 stamina. I mean, I'll be honest with you. It took me a while to master the first one, the vault over the first guy, and then drop yeah, kick that's the, the one the, behind. The, some of the things, that that wasn't too bad. The one that took me a long time to figure out how they wanted me to do it was the one where you drop down off a high thing and, yeah. and kick a guy's... Like it, it, there was, there's no prompt that comes up, and mm-hmm. I didn't, and like it didn't make sense to me how long they want me to hold LB for that, mm-hmm. and eventually I got it, but like, yeah, and then after all that, it wasn't even that good. <laughs> it's like you only have to get it because it gets you past the rest of the tree, yeah, and there's a lot of skills in the skill tree like that, like just you know, and there was some of that in Dying Light One too, but it's just all of them feel like that, and there's like five skills in that whole set of two skill trees that I actually want and I'm just sort of like grinding towards them and the re- otherwise I just feel like I'm playing the same character I, I felt like everyone I got was a meaningful upgrade I just I don't I, see did, that I will at agree all. that they're slow but I I, I mean know, a couple man. a couple more meaningful with you on that well a couple are meaningful in the sense that like they should have been there since the game started like yeah. I should always have been able to get a speed boost vaulting off a thing like that's just how parkour works yeah. um, I just don't get it the other thing I assume this is going to open up more as you see all this stuff because I haven't seen anything really resembling this my, uh, one of my favorite like parts vehicles of, like it takes vehicles a long time to get like, vehicles yeah. or, one of my favorite or, or parts of the game weapons. one of my favorite parts of the game is the beginning when you're out in the wilds you're yeah. not in the city. You, you're, you know, teaches you to it's do stuff. It's linear at that point. You meet too. another pilgrim, and you're, it's very linear. But like, it's it takes ve- like what an hour and a half before you get to the open world, something like that. Close to that, at least yeah. an hour, I would say. Yeah. Um, depending on how good you are at following directions, uh, which I'm not, so I'm, I'll yeah. keep poking around. There's nothing to find, really. So it keeps you on track. But like, mm-hmm. 
that early part is interesting. Um, you know, you meet another pilgrim who you cl- apparently haven't seen in a couple years. But you have a history he, he with. Ha- yeah, he has new information for you, which leads you to this city, basically. My guess is he comes back at some point. I'm thinking, eventually. yes. Yeah, yeah. He, he's probably back. I'm, I'm, I, th- I think he's going to come back and die horribly. That's kind of Maybe. my explanation. <laughs> I don't know, Matt. I really like this game. I'll be honest with you. This is I've had more fun with this mm. as an open world game than any open world game I've played in a long, long time. Mm. I also I, like it's a zombie game. I saw some people saying, like, I'm sick of zombie games. It's not I, really. I, I under, zombies are incidental. I understand that. But the other thing about this is that you get kind of all the shades of zombie games. You get, during the day, you get the slow Resident Evil zombies. Then at night, you get the dudes who could run like Mach 5 mm-hmm. and then there's like these little ge- things called like chases where you can get chased by a group of zombies and that's exciting and terrifying like yeah again like that's from the first game like I've done that a thousand times yeah and, like, I, again just, I haven't played the first one that much yeah. I, I think if you've if you got a lot of time in the first game I don't think this is going to be as different as you might be hoping it is yeah um, and there's something so there's something to be said for the idea that you don't need to you know it ain't broke don't fix it like um but part of the problem is, like, I got real used to playing. And I started up Dying Light again last week just to sort of, like, you know, get my head back around it a little bit and play a little bit. And I did. And uh, that might have been a mistake because now all I, all I do play in this game early on, at least, was real, you know, rec- realizing how few things I could actually do that I considered basic, you know, movement stuff mm-hmm. in the first game. Um, the fact that dodging and then dodging... And making them stumble from the dodge, giving you an opening after you dodge them, is are two different upgrades in this is ridiculous. Like but you if are you splitting dodge, them up too much. You can still waste them. Like unless you dodge too far the and they, they slip around you. Like there, there's some the, the combat's a little too slippery in this. I agree, it's not perfect, but I still think it's good for first person combat. I mean, I that, that bar is not super and, high. Yeah, uh, you're right. <laughs> The other um, thing is, like, I, I find weird is you. Is, I mean, it might maybe it opens up later, but I haven't gotten to it yet. Uh, you can't repair your weapons. Um, no, the only thing you can do is you can repair you, weapons in the first game twice. Okay, in this, all you can do is assign attachments. Have you noticed yeah. when you assign attachment, its durability? Yeah, the durability goes, goes up. back up. Yeah. But like, I, ju- but I, just, I think when that's over, I think yeah, that's that, it. One, yeah, once that's done, you're done. But yeah, like, I didn't. I, yeah, I I don't mind the, the the. But if I liked in the first game, if I found a weapon that I really liked, I could save it twice mm-hmm. until you know yeah. and it ran. And by the time that ran out, I was usually on to. I found another one that was like it, or I was able to upgrade another thing that I like. This one, I feel like all the weapons are a little too disposable most of the time. But when you do up, put the upgrades on them, the durability does get much higher. It does. It doesn't yeah. just it re- regenerate, but it actually. They last much, much longer. So you that's, also that's eventually right. get weapons through the course of the plot where you'll help someone and they'll give you a weapon. A lot of those weapons, the durability is like 250 or whatever. Yeah. It takes a long time for the weapon. Yeah, once you get in the purple weapons, it's yeah. like, okay, this is basically so it's not my like weapon you're constantly having hours. to. Early on, a little bit, but yeah. once you get it four or five hours in, yeah. like. I mean, I had a point where, like, you know, early on, you're like just going through the weapons as fast as you can pick them up almost. Mm-hmm. And then, like, later on, I started ha- finally. It was, it was a good feeling when I finally started, like, having to sell some off because they just didn't do enough damage compared yeah. to what I was picking up. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, I don't know. Um,. I've been more than pleasantly surprised by this game, um, I, especially after seeing think, the reviews. I was like, I expected to want to play it for like ten hours and be like, I don't want to play this anymore. I'm twenty plus hours in, and I feel like I'm just getting revved up. Like I became addicted to this game. Mm. I have played it. I mean, it much sounds like you're having extra minute I had. It sounds like you're having the Dying Light One experience with Dying Light Two. Maybe is, I mean because that sounds exactly like what happened to me with the first game, and I didn't even know why. I was like, yeah. why do I like this Well, I so do know much? why. Like, I think the game is very well crafted, and the story is awesome, and I love the characters, and I love the setting, and I love how they handle the open world. I love that it surprises me all the time. I don't think the combat's great. I think it's passable. I don't think it's bad. 
And I don't think the graphics are great either. I think, I mean, I don't the think. The gore is pretty awesome. The gore is good. I think the, the environments are great. Like They're I, pretty, but I, when you get up close to everything, it, it's kind of grainy, I feel like. A little like. bit. I think that might be somewhat intentional. Like, the people don't look amazing. The animation yeah. is not amazing. But, like, I'm continually impressed by the shadows and, like, mm-hmm. seeing oh, my yeah. own shadow in front great. of me. Yeah. Uh, the weight. Yeah, kind of I'll the, catch my shadow sometimes yeah. and be like, whoa, where'd yeah. that come from? The billowing from? of the, um, of, like, like tarps on things yeah. like like yeah, there's little good. details that make it pop that i, think I mean the really world good. is insane how detailed it is yeah. and how gigantic it is the level design is amazing because it's built for the duality and again mm. this is something that you've been because you played the first game a lot to me this is pretty much brand new just the way that the levels are built what the the top of the buildings are built for night and then the ground is built for the day and but the way everything is strung together so that you can create runs like parkour runs through the environment mm. Like that takes a lot of yeah, effing time, that's, man. That's like, good. It's, it reminds. It actually reminds me of early Assassin's Creed, where they actually made, a little bit. Or they made the. They the, thought about yeah, it. Yeah, where they thought way. about it and designed. Yeah. yeah, when you the Ezio ones, where you're like, you could if you step back for a second, you could see the line. And yeah. You knew where you needed to go, and Assassin's it wasn't always Creed, obvious. Yeah, Assassin's um, Creed parkour better. It is. It just is. I feel mm-hmm. better. It feels better to run through the levels in Assassin's Creed than it does in this. Maybe yeah, but I'm partly just because well, used partly to be, Assassin's Creed. The old ones, maybe. I think the new ones are too automatic. So I actually yeah. prefer how they do it on this because there's room to there's room to fuck up basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've died a lot in this. And uh, and death is not particularly painful. No, it's not really. punishing. Well, there was one time I died and they spawned me 400 yards away. Mm. At, like, one of the bases or whatever. And I had to run all the way back. But the funny part was, when I got back to that spot, it had actually saved, like, a mid-skirmish checkpoint. Hmm. Which was bizarre. I was like, oh, I'm going to run all the way back there. I'm going to have to do that whole sequence over again. And I didn't. Like, I got there, and, like, the people that I had killed were still dead. It's... I really like it, man. I feel like the the aggregate score of this, and that's Techland's fault. You know, releasing, letting the press play a bill that was that buggy. That's not the press's fault. That's Techland's fault. What? Why do you think Techland did this, Matt? Because, I mean, I feel like I'm playing a different game from these reviews. I mean, do you think you that? don't because you're having bugs? But I've had yeah. none. I mean, I haven't had. None. I mean, what bugs? Were they talking about in the reviews that were, or are they talking about the same things I'm talking about? No worse stuff, like cutscenes not firing off, um, voice acting disappearing, quest items disappearing. So no, they I've never had anything. So they couldn't like complete quests. No, I've never had anything like. The other thing that I noticed is um, the cutscenes in this are, are seem to be they're either pre-rendered or running at a different resolution because the they lighting tear. changes. Well, they tear. They don't tear on Xbox. Let me show you this. I'll show you right here from the beginning of this. Uh, on my, I'm playing on performance mode, and when I switch to a cutscene, all the lighting changes because the cutscenes are in quality mode. Watch this this cutscene. This is on PS5 again. The screen tears. There's tearing in the middle of the screen. Oh, I see that. Yeah, yeah. It's not on Xbox. Okay. There's no, I haven't seen any screen tearing. See it on there? Xbox. Yeah, I see it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I see it there. Look at the fence. Yeah. Isn't that? Yeah, really, I don't know. Isn't that weird? Weird. Like V-Sync, you'd think would be pretty. I know. Pretty standard. <laughs> it's um. I really like this game. I would recommend buying it at full price. I The problem is the competition is so stiff this month. It's like, so people will say, okay, I should buy this, but Shane, would you buy this or would you buy Horizon Forbidden West? And I'd probably say buy Horizon Forbidden West. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that this isn't worth buying, though. No. Also, this game, if the first one's any indication, this game's going to be around forever, and they're going to support it for years, yep. and there's going to be a reason to buy it later, no question. You know, There is no bad time to buy this game, I don't think. Yeah, because I doubt the price is going to drop too quickly because it is selling well. It's like doing mm-hmm. at least on Steam so far. It has really but good But I numbers. bet if you, if you don't care, if you'd rather play you know Horizon or whatever... 
you know, in Elden Ring and all this stuff. That's right. I, I mean, it's I, a crazy month. I bet you'll be able to get this around Thanksgiving for like yeah. 30 bucks. Total. It's a shame. Yeah. It's One, it's a shame that they sent a busted build to reviewers and yeah. the game got it feels It feels it. like that must have been just like a time crunch thing. It's a huge mistake. And also like... I don't think you'll lose anything if you push this to, like, April. No, I don't get it. I think you, you get away from a couple of scary things yeah, doing that. I don't understand it. it. I feel like it was not completely sent out to die, but... No, not it wasn't, all, but like, It wasn't handled in the, the I think there was a possible. little overestimation of how much the mainstream would care right. about this game. That could be. Um, but I am enjoying the living crap out of it. Like, a lot of times when I play a game and I get to X part, and then we come in and we talk about it, do I go back and play that game again? Probably 50% of the time. I'll mm-hmm. actually go back and spend more time with the game. Like, I played maybe an extra four hours of Pokemon Legends Arceus since, mm-hmm. Arceus since last week. This game, I'm absolutely playing until either I start playing Elden Ring or I start playing Horizon Forbidden West. I really like it. Um, and it's a shame it released in this month with so much competition and they sent a buggy build to the press um, because I do feel like if people were playing the PS5 version that I'm playing right now, that aggregate score would be way higher. So it's a shame. I want to check and see if you guys have any questions for us about this game in the chat, because I feel like this is one of those franchises maybe a lot of people didn't dive into the first time, and now listen to me talk about it, and they're like, whoa, maybe I have questions. Maybe you guys have some questions now, um, or maybe not. Oh, here's one. Uh, AJ the Legend Watson, is the parkour better than that of the Mirror's Edge games? Yes. No. You think it is better? I think it is, yeah, because it's more freeform. That's true. Yeah, everything was kind of just, like, predetermined in Mirror's yeah, Edge. Mirror's, I mean, I like Mirror's Edge, but Mirror's Edge felt a little more on rails than 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 it should have been. And this... You can go anywhere. You can do whatever you want and try whatever you want. And especially once you get some of the... up, You know, once you get the grappling hook, once you get the paragli- paraglider, like, you, it opens way up. Yep. And part of that is frustrating. Part of that's the part of the frustration for me is I know that stuff's coming, and I'm just like, just let me play. Like... <laughs> Like I'm standing up on top of the thing, top of a tall thing. I was like, "Where's the fucking zip line? Like, where do I need to go?" Or the stupid. That's the other thing I don't like is like, um, there's places where like you know usually they're marked with like a mattress or something where like you can jump off a roof and there's like a, a marked X marks the spot like big soft landing pad for for people to I land wish on. There are more of those. There should be more of those. Also, in the first game, it kind of auto targeted you onto them. It wasn't like a. It was just kind of soft as assumed that you wanted to land on that and you land on. I miss those all the time in this. There aren't game. enough. No, they're not. I, have to, I end up just jumping down and taking damage all the time because I'm yeah. just like I'm. I'm not going to run all around looking for a mattress yeah, to fall. I think on. it's a little. I think it's just a little slippery in places like the landing on um, landing on like like narrow beams. Sometimes I'll just randomly kind of walk off the other end yeah. of them, and I'm like, the game should know what I'm trying to do. It should it should know that I'm uh, probably don't want to just slide right off the thing I just jumped onto. Yeah. So uh, I could I could use a little more assists in that regard, just because you know it's hard to gauge distance on narrow landings when you're in first person in these kind of games. The environment Prime is very that. detailed, yeah. so they have to account for so many objects in what you may or may not do. That would be a big job to mm-hmm. handle that for every object in the Well, I don't think it'll be that. I think you just universally make all those beam. You know, every beam in the game is it's, is the same beam. It's just put so in a different So create some place. kind of a semi-lock-on? Yeah, just a little thing that tells the game, like, if they're jumping on this, give them, like, a split second to not fall off no matter what they do. Yeah. And then after, if they move again, you know, once you reset the analog stick and start moving again, now all bets are off. If you want to, like, push to the right and just fall off, mm-hmm. that's your problem. But, like, you sh- I shouldn't slip off things because after I just jumped on them. Like uh, it, it knows what I'm going. I mean, why am I? It's either I'm trying to land on the beam, or I'm trying to jump over the beam and land on my death. Like, what mm-hmm. do you think I'm doing? Right. You know, yeah. like 
is that kind of thing. It's just a user friendliness. Like, and it's, and it's, it's not, maybe not fair, but like sometimes that's, that stuff has happened. And I'm thinking like Insomniac wouldn't have done that. Right. Like they would have known what I wanted to do. Like the game would have known. I doubt sometimes, Insomniac will ever build a game this big. No. And sometimes. Uh, <laughs> it would be yeah. awesome if they did, but I doubt And it. sometimes like, you know, you can tell they know, especially at the windmill stuff where it's like, you know, that's going to happen because the bottom of the windmill is all covered in trash bags that don't hurt you when you fall on them. Yeah. Um, but like maybe the other option would have been to make the jumping system less. Some of those windmill, they're tough. Yeah, a couple of them, like early. I, it took me a while to realize like, oh, the ones that are red, I can't get up. To I the have top no chance. I, I don't have do the it. abilities. Like my stamina is not high enough. <clears> the other thing about this game is that I found myself upgrading the stamina before everything else. Yeah, I, I did one. More. I did one health upgrade just to like because I was annoyed at how fast my health went down after a couple of hits, and after that, I've only been doing stamina. Yeah. Pro tip: as you start playing the game. Um, one last question from Playland MX: Is the game relevant if you don't care much about the zombies troop at this point? Like, is it fun even if you don't care about zombies? Yeah, I don't care about zombies at all. I never have cared about zombies. Yeah, it doesn't really matter um, to me either. They're zombies just, are one of the most boring enemies in anything to me. But like, they're just no, enemies. This is, no, this is yeah, it's just, they're just obstacles. Like, and they're very the real. The real monsters are us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I no, mean, the plot but, does no, like, kind of. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the the real fights in the game are against people, humans. Yeah, um, that's where the combat system shines, mm -hmm. really. Um, zombies are just cannon fought. Like you, you can you can plow through like seven zombies in the time it takes you to like kill one person. Yeah. So. Yep. Uh, I really like it. I recommend it. Although, you know, to be fair, there is yeah. Elden Ring and Horizon yeah. coming here. Also, most of the zombies you fight are your choice to fight. Yeah. Like, like, during the daylight, you can just run past them all. Yeah. You don't have to you, 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 you can avoid, avoid... If you don't want to fight a zombie ever, yeah, you're probably fine, except in, like, certain moments where, like... Not at night, though. Not at night, but also, like, you can avoid... If you got to stay on the, on the rooftops, you're yeah. fine. Yeah. It's hard, though. It's hard yeah. to stay on the rooftops all the time. Uh, but, again, I really enjoyed this game. Um, I'm surprised you guys have more questions about it, because I do feel like... The reviews are, again, I feel like the reviews are low compared to what I've played. Hmm. So I thought maybe I, that might generate more, some more questions. I think the reviews are pretty on target, but for different reasons. Like, I, 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 I've not run it. I mean, yeah, I'd be pretty mad if it erased my save. Like, like uh, Schneeky was saying, that was one of the bugs they were running into. Like, yeah, that would be the end of it for me. Oh, yeah. Um, That's a deal breaker. Yeah. yeah. But, like, no, I, I, I have not found any more. I mean, I've seen some bugs and technical glitches, but nothing more than I'd expect from any standard uh, open world game. If Starfield launches with the amount of bugs I've seen in this game, I will be thrilled. Yeah, like, I mean, I've know, had none, like, so I would be yeah. <laughs> over the moon in Starfield. Like, absolutely like nothing, yeah, except for the, the floaty landing thing that screws up my damage mitigation move. Like, yeah. nothing notable. Now, I do wonder if I get to the hour 70 mark. And at that point, the game is keeping track of so much stuff that maybe that's when the bugs start showing up. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, but I'm literally almost 30 hours into the game, and I haven't seen one yet. So I don't know. I don't know what the story is there. Yeah, I don't know. But um, I recommend it. In another month, I would say it's a must buy. It's tougher this month and tougher next month too. Yeah, next it's, it's the really craziest good. thing about it is that like. You, there's other things coming out this month that make it not an instant recommend. I mean, even as you know, I like it. I don't love it, but like I would still say it's definitely worth playing. I'm gonna I'm gonna play it more for sure. They should um, have held it till May or June. Yeah, I mean that would have been frustrating for for us because we want to play it, but like right. um, I think it would have been better for the game. Yeah, well, I think it would have been better for us too because people one they'd have an ex more time to polish it. Yeah. Two, I feel like the reviews would probably end up being more accurate to what the actual game is, so people would be more likely to give it a mm -hmm. chance. I feel like a lot of people see that 7.7 .7 and they're like, "Oh, don't have to worry about that one." And I yeah. do not feel that way about this game at all. Like yeah. I I and also like I think like you know, it's just 
even as a game that I do like, it's up against Horizon, which is one of my game of the years, yeah. and it's up Mind against you. Elden Ring, which is the permutation of one of my favorite games. It's like, it has no... Ch- uh, look, how about this? If I find myself going back to Dying Light... Um, when after Horizon and Elden Ring are out, there's a Batten problem. down the hatches. Yeah, there's... there's... <laughs> yep. Um, no, an Elric. Would Bethesda call it an immersive sim? No. No. It's not an immersive sim. No, I wouldn't call it that there in part because I don't call game, anything though. an immersive sim because that's an incredibly stupid term. <laughs> but uh, no, it's not It's not that at yeah. all. Yeah, there's some stealth in it, but it's very light. You don't even have to... They try to tell you to do it. That Like my first bandit camp. They're like, you should stealth your way in there. And I just said, okay. And I just literally ran right into the bandit camp and just went in and just killed everyone, basically. Uh, Bandit camps are tougher in this than in other open world games, I felt like. Like the enemy that I had to kill, it was like a boss fight, basically, instead Mm -hmm. of just like another enemy that's a little more inconvenient to kill or whatever. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. You should check it out. We still have a couple more weeks that we need to play stuff until these two big games come out. So maybe you can find a window to slide it in there. Yeah, I a week and a half. What did you say? A week and a half. Yeah, I guess it is a week and a half. Just unfortunate timing, really, yeah. for the game. A week and a half, and then Horizon's got, what, about 10 days? Yeah. 10 days before Elden Ring? Yep. Titan against a Titan. Good times are coming, baby. It's awesome. And this is awesome, too. It's a great game. So to me, that's three great games in one month, conceivably. That's a pretty good month. So... I'll call it good. I'm not. I'm not at great. Not yet. Maybe once things open up and I get my grappling hook, I'll think different. Yeah. I certainly did in the first game. Mm-hmm. But uh, I. I think this thing starts way too slow. Okay. I think. It needs, I think it sh- they should have gotten to it, and I think that skill tree should be vastly more gonzo. Like I think the skill tree is too conservative. Okay. Uh, let's move on. We're going to talk next about a game that just came out today. Unless you pre-ordered it. Was it just um, pre-orders? No, it was the deluxe edition. If you, you had pre-ordered to the, the deluxe, deluxe edition, edition. It, was, it went live on the 6th, but it didn't go live properly on PlayStation 5, so then they fixed it. I didn't know that. I just bought the deluxe edition because I'm an idiot who likes deluxe editions. You thought you were editions. getting it today? Um, I thought I was getting it today. And then, like, yesterday, people were like, oh, it finally works if you have the deluxe edition for early access. I'm like, for what? Like, you can do that? Like, <laughs> so I loaded up and played it for a, for a few hours. The game um, we're talking about is Sifu. Is it Sifu or Sifu? Shifu. Shifu. Yeah. Okay. It is a kung fu beat-em-up. Mm-hmm. It is... PC and PlayStation Kung only. Fu roguelike beat them up. It is a roguelike. Yeah. Oh, so the level changes every time. The level time. doesn't change, but like it's it kills you and you have to start over and try it again. There's there's roguelike elements to it. Okay. Um, and there's like opening shortcuts and and different routes and effects on the character, and then like you have to you can start back over, and if you've put enough points into something, you can keep your keep that, and if you don't, you have to start completely over with none of your skills. Um, it's a whole thing. It's. So reviews came it out. It is definitely this a cousin to Returnal in terms of game design. To Returnal, you said? Yeah. Okay. Uh, reviews for this came out over the weekend. They were all over the map. Mm-hmm. People who like games like Dark Souls gave it sky high review scores. Everybody else, it was like anywhere from like a five mm-hmm. to like a seven. Well, the thing about this game is it's really hard. Like it's really hard, right? Extremely hard. And A, it's extremely hard. B it explains itself terribly. Really? Like, it does not onboard you properly, I don't think. Um, and I I, not, by the way, I have not played this yet, people, so right. this so, is all Matt. So, so the way the, the game works, um, so you start by playing as the bad guy. Like, you, the prologue, you play as the main villain who goes in and kills his master, which is what Sifu means. Um, Sifu means killing your master. No, Sifu means master. Oh, okay. So someone is your Sifu. They are your your you know your your sensei sensei. or your uh, 
a master of anything, you know, like, you know, but, um, uh, you can, so, so he goes in with his, his team, uh, his five man band and, uh, who all have different, conveniently have different personalities and gimmicks, very obvious by their character design and, uh, fight their way through this like dojo and which is probably not, it was, I'm sure it's not the Chinese term, term for that. That's the Japanese term, but I don't know what, the, I don't know Chinese. Um, Mandarin, well. I guess. Mandarin. Yeah, most of this, I think, is supposed to be Mandarin. There's a whole thing with, like, this game was built by white guys who got, like, two Chinese guys to, like, put input on it, and a lot <laughs> of it's wrong. Like, the um, like when you die, a Chinese character pops up that supposedly says, you think it probably says death, because in English it says death, but it actually says fall, but it's the wrong fall. It means, like, fall from a height, not fall in combat. <laughs> like, there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> so like, they messed it up. The research was not done very well on this in terms of, like, the Chinese culture stuff. It's basically a bunch of dudes saw a lot of kung fu movies and decided to make a game out of it. And, and then hired And Chinese hired a couple. Yeah, but, like, it's like, you know, look at salt. But also you don't know, like, you know, think about how many Americans you could hire for, like, English and American, like, cultural assumptions and how many of them don't know the difference between they're there and there. Right. You know, like, yeah, just because you got one person from the culture involved doesn't mean that they know everything they need your... to know, right? You need more eyes on that. So I think I think they could have done a little better job on that. And the people I the people I've seen online are kind of like, yeah, like a bunch of the Chinese characters are nonsense or they don't make you know, these are wrong or the translations are weird. But like, um, I don't know any of that because I don't know anything about uh, Mandarin or Chinese script or anything. So, but I, you know, a lot of the people I know who do are not thrilled by how this turned out. Anyway. Um, so you play as this the, the leader who kills uh, the, the the master, and once you do that, uh, it cuts to this little the the master's uh, child who is hiding in a cabinet and comes out, and they're like, "Well, too bad, kid." And they one of them cuts the kid's throat. Oh, geez! And uh, you get to pick whether the kid is a boy or girl, and but the kid survives because they have a um, this like uh, it's a it's a red cord with coins on it that is like a tradi- I think a traditional like funeral thing, but basically the coins bring you back to life. Oh. And so then then there's a really cool like the opening credits are really cool. They're op- the opening credits are like a movie with like, you know, everything's red in the background and you're you're the character like fighting and periodically it introduces one of the five main villains and you have to it teaches you a new move and you have to beat that villain and then the credits continue. Oh. So okay. it's like it's like a James Bond credit sequence uh-huh. almost where like people moving around while the credits go up. Yeah. It's cool. It's a, it, the presentation of this game is pristine outside of the tutorial stuff. Um and then it jumps to being you're 20 years old, so you're 12, I think, when the when the prologue happens, and then it jumps to being 20 years old, and you have your little like conspiracy board of all of all five of them with like little things you fill in, mm-hmm. um, and you have to you, your first one is to go get uh, I think it's the gardener or something. He's the guy who cut your throat. So it's a revenge um, story. It's a revenge, revenge story. You work your way through. It's the crow basically. So you go to the first level, which is like you have to get in this warehouse, and you have to basically fight your way fight your way through a bunch of guys, and that's basically the story. Um, uh, you know, uh, there are a lot of references to the raid. There's a section in the first level which is a direct reference to the hallway fight in Old Boy. Um, it's 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 pulling from movies a lot. Asian mm-hmm. Asian cinema, Asian extreme cinema, I suppose you'd call it. Um, which I love that stuff anyway. Yeah, I so I, rec- I yeah. recognize what they're going for here, and a lot of it's really well done. The trick is, um, you die real easy. So if you watch this footage, you'll see. Um, Sometimes when you're getting, you, you can block, and when you block, you'll see that a bar at the bottom is sort of filling up to red. That's your structure bar. If the structure, your structure maxes out, you can then be hurt. Okay. Basically, it's a sta- kind of a stamina thing, uh, and you can bring it back down by doing, you know, killing guys or, or, or countering or not getting hit or dodging instead. Uh, and then you kind of run in and hit them. You see that was a, you know, a double hit, like a triangle and circle together. Yeah, That's an insta-kill, and that will give you some health back. 
Um, and Wait, that gives you health back? Gives you a little bit of health back, yeah. Okay. Um, so you want to do that every time you can. Um, and then and the, what the, initiates that? Uh, knocking their structure down to nothing. Okay. Um, so he threw something. Yeah. So you can throw like a, what is it, a ninja star or In something? that case, I think you just threw a, an object. Uh, you can also get an ability that lets you throw. Like you can see there like the little R1 buttons popping up there. That's a, yeah. that's a skill you can buy that lets you kick any object in the room at someone. Oh, okay. That, by the way... Very useful. Yeah. Um, so the way so the way this works is, uh, as you beat guys, you get um, uh, experience, and then when you go back, to, when you're in, uh, you find these shrines, or when you die, you can go into the skill tree, and the skill tree you can buy a skill, right, for like 500 XP or whatever. Mm-hmm. The trick is that only lasts for this run. Oh. So if you want to buy that skill to unlock permanently forever, anytime you re- you restart a run, you'll always have that skill. You have to pay five times the XP cost. The trick is, so if something's 500 XP, say, and the permanent unlock is five times 500, you can just spend 500, and now it will be four times 500. So over the course of multiple runs, it stacks, stacks and you can eventually unlock that thing permanently. that's kind of cool. Yeah, so that way. And then the other side of things is when you die, the coins resurrect you. The trick is you get older when the coin resurrects. Like visually you look older? Visually and numerically. Really? so and it, it matters. So you start at age twenty, and it matters like how many deaths you've had. So every time you die, your age increases by the number of deaths you're on on that coin. Jeez. And so like if you've died three times and you're twenty five, if you die and you've had three deaths, you're now twenty eight. Does it and, alter your speed? Yes. And, as you each really? dec each decade of your life, once you hit your thirties. You um your damage goes up and your health goes down your your health goes their defense goes down basically uh-huh. you're gonna get hurt more easily but you do more damage uh-huh. um and each coin breaks as you go through each decade and once you get maxed out basically you die because you run out of life um and the skills the skill tree uh st- there's like different groups for each decade so once you pass the age of 29 you can't get the bottom group of skills can you so get you up have, at a point in this game where you just have to start the whole thing over? No, I'm getting to that. Okay. Um, so the trick, so so the trick on this is, um, so your life goes up and up and up. There are, if you beat certain enemies, you can you can get a, your death count dropped by one. Okay. Um, so you you can kind of mitigate that. Mm-hmm. So you, if you die again, like you won't, you only lose one 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 uh, year. So when I first be- beat the first level, I was 67 years old. Um, because I died <laughs> so many died times. So many times. So the, so the, and the funny part is uh, that when you finally uh, kill the boss, she says, um, I waited eight years for this. <laughs> and I'm like, nah, I think you waited a little longer than that, lady. Like, so then you go back wow. to, so once you finish the level, you go back to uh, your home base, your, uh, your, your dojo or whatever. Yeah, there's, a, there's an actual Chinese word for it, but I can't, Wu, I can't remember, Wuguang, something like that? I can't remember what it is. Um, and then you can go, pick the next level the trick so you start the next level as old as you are right mm-hmm. and then so you so i started so I started level two is 67 and i could only work you know once, once you get to like the late 70s you're running out of coins basically and then i was dead and i had to start completely over and so now you now i could start over the second level at age 67 or the way it works is you can restart a level at the youngest age you were when you started that level so what I could do is go back to level one, which you start at level tw- at age twenty, which because that's the beginning of the game, and try to get through that level without younger, without dying. And the second name. time I went okay. through, and I unlocked some shortcuts, and I knew how the combat system worked better. So the second time I got through, I beat that level at age twenty-five. So now I can start level two at, at age twenty-five. Okay. 
And that is how you progress. There's five levels, and that's how you progress through the game, is you kind of master each one to the point that you can get through with minimal age Death. deaths. Yeah. And so you can you have a younger age to start the next level at. And you carry forward. Okay. But conceivably, you could get to a point where you're like a hundred years old and you have no chance of Right, which means you gotta go back over. to the previous level and do better. Or all the way to the beginning of the game. You could do that if you want, but you erase everything you've done since right. then. So you're starting completely over if you do that. Sounds like you just have to play it over and over and over. Uh, there is an element of that, yes. But the trick is that the combat system is uh, extraordinarily good. Um, it All is, the reviews are unanimous. It is on an that. exceptional. The, well, the, pro, the only problem is it doesn't explain itself very well. So I will explain to you how combat in Sifu works after three hours of figuring it out and not understanding what it was telling me to do and then realizing, oh. <laughs> like, um, the, the two main things to remember is like early on they teach you parrying, which is done like parrying everything. You hit block at the instant the thing is, the hit is going to hit you. Mm -hmm. Parrying is useless. The only thing parrying is useful for is the final boss of the entire game. Wow. What you want to do is dodge and uh, really avoid. So dodging you can do on the R2 button. Like you can, you know, sidestep stuff. Uh -huh. But avoiding, you hold block. This is one of the things it doesn't explain to you. It, it sound, the way it's phrased, it kind of sounds like you have to tap block. You hold block, L1. And you move the left stick up or down. Up will dodge lower. What is it? Yeah, up dodges low attacks and down dodges high attacks. Or it might be the other way it around. Seems like it should be the other way around. It might be the other way around. I don't remember. It's, it's muscle memory now, so I don't remember. Yeah. But basically, you can block and they're doing a combo. And they pull out like a, like a glowing, like glowing moves you can't really block effectively. But if you, but if you do a lower or high dodge, avoid, you will duck under it. And that... Is the, this is the key, especially with bosses. That damages their structure. Oh. That is more important than hitting them. Interesting. So you, you can chop beat, down their structure Because first. when the structure drops, you get that, that, that grab kill, right. right? Yeah. You can beat the first boss without ever hitting him. You can just dodge all his stuff, his structure drops, and you get to pull the, the, the grab move that moves you to the second phase of the fight. Wow, like that's kind of cool. It's it's a really I don't. There's not really a system like it except maybe um, I can't remember. Do you, what was the what was that melee combat like MMO game banned with an a Absolver? It's a little like Absolver. Do you Absolver, remember that game? No, that was like a first person cyberpunk adventure game. No, Absolver. It was a, it was a it was a combat game. You might be thinking about Observer. Oh, you're right. Absolver was like it was like it was weird. It was abstract. They were kind of almost like like puppets. Um, they were they were almost like wooden puppets. Oh yeah, I remember, remember that, that game. Yeah, that, it was <laughs> it, the the combat system in that was is it's similar to this except it, this is more simplified because it's just the dodging the avoiding is up and down and Absolver also had left to right which would was make it this, that game set during a plague as well? I think so. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. would make this too complicated. <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah. And so and so the other thing is like you find collectibles and stuff in the game and some of them those all go to your board and the board stays. So if you find keys in the first level, you will always have those keys when you, don't you do have to that find first them level again. You play and you go again. back and you can unlock new routes to get through things which are much faster usually, mm -hmm. but sometimes harder. Um, you have to fight more dangerous guys. You can pick up weapons, uh, you can upgrade your ability to use weapons. Um, there's just a lot here. And, uh, you know, certain combos, like, you can tell you can prioritize stuff. And sometimes you need, might need to grind. That's why the Dark Souls people, I think, like it, is, like, you know, even if you're just going through, picking up, like, 500 to 1,000 XP in, a, in even the first level is pretty simple. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be able to make some progress towards permanent unlocks on your favorite, like, low-level combos mm -hmm. even early on. And then you'll have that to work with forever and be able to do better and better and better. And I'm pretty sure... 
now that I've done the first level three times, I'm pretty sure I could do the first level without dying. Okay. And I'm pretty sure I could do the second level without dying after another couple tries. But that's really what this game is about, is just perfecting Perfection. the yes. runs. Perfecting the run and mastering the combat system. And once you do figure out how the combat stuff works, you are awesome. Like, you get to do some really cool stuff. And it's like that, is that Dark Souls pr- progression thing where, like, the first time I went in this, not this room, but the room after it, which is the nightclub thing, first time I went in that thing, I floundered my way through that fight to the point that I barely got through it with anything left. Mm-hmm. The third time I did it, no one touched me. Hmm. Like it was, it was night and day, and it's purely because I learned how everything worked properly. Um, and if that is a rewarding thing to you, go buy this game right now because you, that's what this game is. Do you if you people, don't like that, if I'm describing that and you're like, that sounds like my version of hell, don't touch Sifu. Yeah. Do you think it would be generally safe to say that if you haven't enjoyed From Software's games in the past, you should stay away from this or no? Um, no, I mean, it's different. It's, it's roguelike to the point that, like, it, that's probably more important. And also, how good are you at Twitch-based fighting games? Like, how like, were you really good at Sekiro? You'll probably be good at this. If okay. you couldn't handle Sekiro, I wouldn't mess with this. Okay. Uh, this is one of the most skill-driven games I've played in a very long time, even by Souls standards, because it's so fast. Because a lot of people are complaining about it. Because it can, it can, you can die in three hits yeah. if you get the wrong guy on you. Like, a lot and of you got to feel like they were kind of, not like that cute, guy with the glowing bracelet things there. Like he could kill you in three hits if you if you dodge wrong or block wrong. Why do you think that this wasn't made more clear before release? Because look, this is people have played it. There's been tons of previews. No one really mentioned that it was like really hard. I don't know. Like I, I haven't been paying attention to preview stuff on this too much. Um, my, I wonder if there's an element of like kind of that thing where sometimes you send people to review things that you know like the things yeah. or can handle those things. You know, you sent mm-hmm. the Souls guy to go review this, and so yeah. he's obviously going to kind of. T- you know, I figure this out pretty fast. Yeah. Whereas like if you go look at like Twitter or something, there's people that's like I don't understand how to block or how to dodge. Like that was a dodge right there. You saw the little like yep. you know slow mo thing happen. Like that's dodging. That's the, the did the, he just do a little jump up when yep, she tried to, to sweep dodge his the low leg. thing? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, man, I can already that's, see that this is... Uh, that's the other thing about this game is the enemies... Almost all the enemies follow the same rules you do, which I really like. That's fair. That's that's good. I do not think I will ever play this. You will hate this game. Yeah, I kind of figured. But I never would have guessed that until the reviews. Mm-hmm. I've watched plenty of preview coverage of this. Like, I was expecting... Nobody I, ever mentioned that it's, like, tough as nails. Yeah, I knew it was going to be difficult. I didn't realize it was going to be quite so like moment to moment skill driven. Like I, I I figured it was gonna be like an endurance test, but it's more of a it's not an endurance it is an endurance test in the sense that you gotta survive these things, but it's more of a how well can you learn this combat system up close and personal. Um especially because like, you know, Dark Souls has trained me to keep kind of a mid distance from mm-hmm. from enemies and let them come to me. And I mean I'm doing that in Dying Light too. You know, I'm like like waiting for them to come in with a with a hit so I can, you know, counter the hit to stun yeah. them and hit them back. You yeah. know, like that does not work. You you are going to have much more success close up and you can see it right there. Those are like those dodges he's doing. Those are those are holding L one and moving the stick to get out of the way. And you have to learn what a high attack looks like. You have to learn what a low attack looks like for a bunch of different characters. Um, and there's the a lot bosses, of memorization. Bosses in this are very game. hard. Like there's certain attacks you cannot do that with, and you have to do the R2 sidestep uh-huh. to get out of the way of. Um, so and there's a are, lot of memorization. Yeah, and those are generally this. signified by you know colors on the, okay. on the moves. That's good it's, not, it's not like you have to know everything by heart, but like you got to as soon as you see that red glow, you know you got to move. Yeah. Um, 
And to be fair, most of those uh, most of those abilities are pretty. You know, if the guy's diving at you from twenty feet up, you're probably not going to want to block that. Yeah. You know, with <laughs> with your arm. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it is it is a a bit of a slog. It is tedious. It is frustrating. But it is it, I think it's really really fun. Um, if you like that kind that of type thing. of game, and uh, it's and part of this might be me being impatient for Elden Ring. Like this no, is right. scratching that itch a little bit. This is <laughs> it's a good primer because it's short also, too. They're saying yeah. it's what, like ten hours or something. Yeah, it's like it's five levels. So you, you know, yeah. if you if you get good fast enough, you could probably finish this thing in ten hours. But also, like the temptation to go back through and do better would definitely be there for me because I think the moment to moment fighting is fun. Like that's it's the thing. Forty bucks. Yeah, it's also an Epic Game Store exclusive on PC right yeah. now. Yeah. Um. So I don't would know. you buy it for forty bucks? I did. You did? Yeah. Well, you knew you were going to talk about it on the show, or did you no? Know? Did you just buy it because you wanted to? I would have bought this anyway. Yeah. Okay. Are you happy like that I you think. paid forty bucks for it? I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I mean, I wish it was at a time when I knew I was going to play it longer because mm-hmm. there's other these other games coming out and Dying Light Two is still there. I'm like, but I'm going I'm going back and forth between this and Dying Light Two yesterday, um, which is funny because Dying Light Two is the light game. Compared to compared to this one, like yeah, Dying Light Two isn't really that difficult. No, it's just it's just long, mm-hmm. um, uh, thematically oppressive, but yeah. Uh, yeah, and so and so this was you know this was frustrating for a while as well. It's like I'm like, how come hitting people with sticks doesn't hurt them enough? Because you're not hurting people isn't the point. Hitting them isn't nearly as important as throwing them off balance and learning how those extra moves breaking work. their structure. Yeah, break yeah. their structure, and then you get an you know. You want, uh, you know, there's things that seem innocuous that you may be, that I'm like, oh, I want a good combo. I want a big combo that I can hit them with a, a spinning kick, right? So that was one of the first things I bought in one of my early runs. And then, like, when I started running out of things to buy that I didn't already have, I'm like, oh, I guess I'll try this, like, sweep kick thing that I don't really, I don't really imagine. you. But that sweep kick thing, if you can do the avoid and get that slow-mo and you do the sweep kick thing next, you knock them off their feet and just beat them on the ground for a couple of minutes, like, that's it. Like, they're down. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's down. great. Like, it's... You know, you have to prioritize the uh, you have to prioritize utility over flash, which is sort of the opposite. You know, like in this game, I really like that. In Dying Light Two, I think it's annoying. Like, there's not a lot of flash in Dying Light Two, but I think there's room for it. In this, it's like you can you you earn the flash by learning the basics. Um, you'll get there eventually, and like the challenge of like you know some of the really good skills are only available if you're under 29. Um, so that leaves this so challenge. So that's kind of like, like a demarcation you want to try to stay yeah. under. Well, especially early on. Yeah. If you can un- so if you can unlock. You can roll up a bunch of deaths on the first level. If you can unlock, because also some of them are high XP. So you got to mm-hmm. like get 1,000 XP without right. dying at all, uh, or at least not getting yourself past 29. But if you can unlock that skill uh, before you turn 30, you get to keep that skill for the rest of the run. No, that's huge. Unless you start over again which you would have to do to keep putting points into the permanent unlock for that skill, right. which is also a valid strategy, but that's going to take longer. So huh. basically it's like risk reward on that. Do you think you can get through the rest of this using this skill? Cause if you get too far, you got to start over, you're going to start, have to start over without it and kind of go through the process of unlocking it again and then putting points into the permanent version. Well, I'll just say this, Matt, I'm glad you played it. Yeah. And I don't have to, cause the things you're talking about, I can just tell already. I would no, not. I would annoy the living hell out of it you. It would. Yeah. There is tell. no stamina bar though. Yeah. So. That helps. You but, don't need one because they'll just kill you if you. There's one in stupid. Dying Light too, though. <laughs> yeah, but that hasn't. Been, I've really. I mean, outside of the, the brief narrative section where you're weak because you've been infected or whatever, yeah. or like you can't climb anything for one or five right. seconds. I haven't found the stamina to be yeah. much of an issue. I've just tried to climb things I shouldn't have tried to climb. Yeah, there's some of that early on. Um, I've I've gone a little too far in the monkey bars a couple of times. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, I can't. I'm not gonna make that last <laughs> jump. Fuck, I know. 
Uh, here's first time chat from a new viewer, uh, Chiro Doc twenty three. Uh, twenty three. Thank you for checking out Game Face on Twitch. And he says, "I am loving Dying Light and Sifu." So that's great. Um, Contano, I'm getting too old for Twitchy games. My reaction times are not what they used to be. I'll be honest with you. I really don't feel like I've lost that much. No, I don't think so. I mean, I think I've definitely, I'm not up to par with like a 20-something, you know, like a fighting game. Yeah. But the other thing, like most of the games I play, like a, like a shooter, I think I am not doing very well against against a younger player who just has better reflexes. But in fighting games, um, uh, I've noticed, you know, when I play younger kids and stuff, um, I have been just doing that for so long that I know fundamentals on a level they just don't. Yeah. Like sometimes the sometimes I win in a fighting game against a younger player, not because I'm a, I'm necessarily a better player, or I'm I'm faster, faster than them, but because I know that this smart. that this frame does this, and if yeah. they do this, they have this many frames that I can get them on, and they can't do anything about it because I know a thirty hit combo and like that. Yeah. Which is pretty basic when you think about it in terms of how fighting games work. You're leveraging but, your experience. Yeah. But like I I know exactly what happens when a two D fighting game character does that jump and lands. I mean, I, I, to You've the point that I million to times. point that I literally I, to the point that I can't explain why. Uh-huh. You know, like it's I've just had an instinct, muscle memory. I've had people say, you know, she was like, "Why did okay? So how did you know to do that?" I'm like, "I don't know. I just just did. I've done it so many times because it's it happened happens. so many. Yeah. I've been doing this since before you were born. Yeah, like I, I, I it's it's literally just <laughs> That's the ingre- truth. You know, it's, it's like trying funny. to explain to someone how to throw a fireball properly. Well, it's, it's funny. Like, like, no, like, I just do that. <laughs> you know, like, it's to the point now where I have been reviewing games longer mm. literally reviewing games professionally longer than a lot of our audience has been alive yep. that's yep. insane it's like go ask tom brady to explain how you throw a football right yeah he just does it not that i'm the tom brady of fighting games <laughs> but like uh let's look go at ask alex valle the same question about that for a fighting game you know like he's he's probably about on par with that uh vincent says apparently people think the first level is really hard but the preview build everyone got was the second level so maybe that explains why they mm, weren't talking about how difficult it was I think uh, the second level's harder. Interesting. Um, I mean, the first maybe the preview build it wasn't. Maybe I don't know. The first level's hard because, like early on, because the first couple of uh, I, I didn't get hit for the first like seven guys, and like racking up every time you you finish a guy with um, the the you know the grab finish mm-hmm. and don't get hit, you get another multiplier for your XP. And I was up to like ten multiplier at halfway up the building, and then I got hit and it dropped. I'm like, oh okay, I get that. That works. And then after that, I never got that kind of a streak again. It was total beginner's luck. Um, I don't know. Uh, Noxator Knight says the surge two also had jumps and ducks as attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, Nolan Elric, someone did a speed run in forty minutes. Mm, I, I mean that, that makes sense actually. Yeah, if you know what if you're, you're doing, you're good. You know what you're doing. I can see that. Yeah, I could totally see it. Cinetike, um, this Saifu feels like a dream for people who want to perfect their skill. I think that's accurate. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yep. Um, Sound Wizard, thank you for Twitch Prime, man. Hope you're doing well. I haven't seen you for a while, man. Hope you're doing great, actually. Uh, anything else? Uh, Deadly Virus Evo second level destroyed me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, second level is a, a tough move. Well, especially because I was at 67 years old or whatever, so uh, I really only had like five deaths left. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I didn't last very long that first time through, and then I realized, okay, I gotta go back and try to get, try the first level again without being quite so gray haired. And I got through. Like, I was 25, I think, and I was like, I was happy with that. Okay, I will, I might go back again at some point and try to get through at 20 and not get not die at all. I think I could probably do that now. Okay, we got to move on. We're gonna talk next about. What are we talking about next? Ghostwire Tokyo. 
Brand new game from Tango Softworks, the studio started by Shinji Mikami, the creator of Resident Evil. They have been working on the Evil Within games for quite a while. They have decided to completely change tact for Ghostwire Tokyo. It is a PlayStation and PC exclusive. They just announced that it is a timed exclusive on PlayStation for one full year. So the game won't be coming to Xbox or Switch, which is probably just not going to happen anyway. Um, we should have mentioned Dying Light 2 is coming to Switch, by the way. They're yeah, doing a cloud, cloud version thing. of that. I yeah. don't think i touch that. But it's, uh, but it's been delayed. It didn't come out with the other versions. But anyway, uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, one-year console exclusive on PlayStation. It's also releasing for PC. Um, it's actually, the crazy part is we did not learn about what this game was until this past week. But... Yeah, this thing has run silent in a weird-ass <laughs> it, it, way. Really weird. Like, and almost it, any other game would have slipped to next year. Yeah. And it's coming out... March 25th. Yeah. So there's not long to wait for this, but... Really weird. It is, but they did Not do, necessarily bad, yeah. but just really weird. They did do, though, a big state of play-like presentation from PlayStation to really blow it out. Um, it takes place in Tokyo. Shocker. Mm. Um, I think more specifically in Shibuya. And you control a character named Akito. He's a young man who... He wakes up on the street. He doesn't know what happened. Um... He, I don't know if he had a brain aneurysm, but he the base of the game starts. He wakes up on the street, and there's all this fog around him. As it turns out, he's been possessed by this spirit called KK. Um, KK being KK's vessel grants Akito elemental supernatural abilities. So he is has he like a dog a, with a guitar? <laughs> exactly. He has like ice spells and wind spells and things like that. This is not a first person shooter. It's a first person person. Magic caster. Hmm. However, you do eventually get a bow. Texan. And, and you do eventually get, like, these playing cards that you can throw. But for the, the most part, it's a first-person magic casting game. Um, so you get these supernatural abilities to fend off demons that appear and have taken... So what happens is this fog comes over the hmm. city. All the citizens disappear, and they're turned into, like, demons. You need hmm. to restore these people back to their human selves. You battle them. Hmm. They have this... <laughs> Thing inside them is called a core. You need to rip the core out of them, and that returns them back to their human yeah. form. Hey there, demons. It's me, your boy. Yeah, there's Slender Man there. Demons. <laughs> demons. Yeah. I mean, this is there is a lot of stuff that feels a little derivative about this game. I mean, yeah, but it's also got that kind of Japanese mythology twist on it that sort of makes it feel different. Yeah. Like, that looks cool. Yeah, it looks really cool. This looks like it actually would be a great Switch game, because what if you were doing these incantations with the Joy-Con? I would be very irritated. I know you would be, but some people would really like it. Um, so, yeah, basically you're trying to restore the citizens of Tokyo back to their human form. Kind of reminds me of Machin X. A little bit. Remember that? Yeah. As you can see, you, you another utilize... another game older than most of the people watching. <laughs> it's true. You utilize hand signs. You can cast wind, water, and fire spells. Um, there's also a string-like tool you've seen already in the B-roll called the Spectral Weave. To, that you use for this thing called ethereal weaving. And that ties into a bunch of different elements. Um, you, you use it for look, checking out and detecting objects of interest. You use it for removing the enemy cores, as I mentioned before. But you also use it for traversal. Matt, there's a little twist to this game that it's a little bit like Spider-Man. Mm. You have this grapple hook that you can use to swing around Tokyo... Yeah, I saw some of that in the early, early while you were reading that it was happening in the B-roll. That was the um, most shocking part. <laughs> reminds me of Dying Light. Actually. A little bit. There's, there's yeah. some of that in Dying Light. Like you can, you know, there's an element of that with the first person stuff. But you can see there's skill trees. I hope that skill tree is more interesting. 
it's not very probably, big. Yeah, probably, yeah, not very big. <laughs> I, but it looks like there might be multiple pages of it. Yeah, I don't think this is an action RPG. I think this is an action adventure with just some very light RPG elements in it. At least that's how Tango Works is describing it anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the line between those two things is increasingly blurry. So. Yep. Um, you'll also be able to free untethered souls to gain experience for you to upgrade your abilities, which we just saw there with that tree. And then to actually clear the fog, you, you need to cleanse corrupted Tory gates scattered around the city. And you'll see some of that in the B-roll eventually as well. Um, how do you feel about this, Matt? The other thing I should mention is that the, they've discovered the PC version is just 20 gigabytes. So mm. while this is a quote unquote open world game, and in fact it is the first non-linear game that Tango Works has ever made. Hmm. Um, it does not, I would guess based upon that install size, that the world is not that big. I don't know where you're getting that. Install size doesn't mean anything. Well, texture size. So if they're if you're repeating Dying Light Two is thirty two gigs. If you're repeating the same, well, there's something that well actually maybe on your. There, I know on PlayStation they found a way to make install sizes smaller. Yeah, but I'm saying I'm playing on Xbox. It's like thirty two, thirty eight gigs. Yeah, and it's five hundred hours or whatever. Like, yeah, it's not it's not a small game. It's just it's fine. Like I, I don't I don't. There's no correlation between install size and game size really anymore. How I don't understand how that wouldn't be you have to store those 4k textures somewhere yeah but that doesn't mean the game's small like it's a city you can repeat textures well, all over mean, the place on this well, thing. Was like what i was getting at was that there could be a lot of repetitive textures yeah, either way it's not care. really a good thing is what i'm I, getting at i think that's ridiculous it's you Why? can't you can't judge anything from s- install size i don't accept that it's ridiculous you don't know what's in there. You don't know what compression methods they're using. You don't know what kind of okay. repetition well, let me stuff they're using. That. Either they've also, discovered like also one of the like what was that one of the reasons in, install sizes in Silicon Valley on HBO. What was it called? Grasshopper or whatever? Huh? Silicon Valley on HBO. Uh, I didn't see. Okay, much of that. well, it's a show about this tech company that discovers this new way to compress shit that no mm. one else. So sure, if well, they found something one the, like that, one of the reasons these things it's either that. Or the textures are really repetitive. No, it's not. Or the one world the, is small. One of the reasons the install sizes have shrunk on PS5 is because you don't need to repeat texture information over and over again for ease of access. So you don't have to have long load times. And presumably they do the same thing on PC. I don't know because it, maybe they're assuming you have an SSD on a PC as well, which you should by now. Let's be honest. I mean, um, I don't. Neither do I. Mean, I, I mean, I, I have do. One I have my one OS, for my, yeah, I have but, one for the for the for the Windows drive. But yeah. I don't have one for the, the game stuff I install. But no, I don't think you can gauge that at all by that i don't know i wouldn't just write it off i mean i don't expect this to be as big as dying light 2 but i doesn't that doesn't that's not a that's a nonsensical comparison i think i would say i don't think it's nonsensical at all i do i, do. I don't i don't get what you're you haven't explained that. it matt i just did like you, can, you, you didn't don't, you don't know how you're 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 assuming that they've come up with some way to compress shit that no one else has come up with no i'm not the I'm chances s- of that happening are slim to none no, I'm not. I'm saying that uh, you don't know what's in this game. You don't know how many times they can repeat things if they need to. And, like, That's what much, I said. Long, much longer games are much smaller. It's a small world. How big is Breath of the Wild 2? How big is Breath of the Wild 1? Those have crazy repetitive textures. Yeah, but it's a city. Like, the whole world like, does, is does it look like? Does this look crazy repetitive to you? My point is, is it could not. the world could be small, and they just have all the mission objectives in this video. And if it's just in Shibuya, then it will be small. Yeah, but Shibuya is not that small. We'll see when this comes out. Who's right on this? And I, I have just a don't feeling see, I, mean, I will it, be right. I think you're going to decide you're right one way or the other, but I don't agree with you. <laughs> Come like on, the, dude. The, the fucking install size of something <laughs> is not relevant to the length of the game. That is absurd. It is relevant to the size of the world or repetitive nature of the world. I didn't say the length of the game. I never said that. 
Okay. Move the goalpost. Move on. I didn't move the goalpost. Move on. Rewind I'm not, I'm not arguing about this anymore. Move on. We'll I'm done. rewind the tape and see who's moving the goalpost. It does not, I would guess based upon that install size, that the world is not that big. I don't know where you're getting that. Install size doesn't mean anything. Well, texture size. What I was getting at was that there could be a lot of repetitive textures. Yeah, Either way, it's not care. really a good thing is what I was I, getting at. I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> Sometimes you're so stubborn. It's crazy. Anyway. I don't see what the, I don't who cares if it's not huge? Who cares? People who are going to spend $60 on it. Why does it matter how big the map is versus how good the game is? Because do you want to stay in the same five block radius for the whole game? Does this look like it's five blocks? What are you talking about? I don't get it. I don't get what you're complaining about. Because uh, I'm using logic and no, reason. You're not. And you're, you're just using making a lot of shit up. You're using a lot of assumptions that have no basis in fact. Like just what looking are you talking at what we're about? At. 4K textures take up space, Where man. is the five block oh radius my God. here? Sometimes what? it's impossible just, talking have, about have you shit just, with you. Back at Ugh. you, back at you, dude. You'll I don't know where you're on. Admit that you're wrong. Ever. I'm not wrong about this. Ever. You, are. you will never ever admit it. I admit I'm wrong all the time. No, you, not, not on I'm this not show. Wrong. You don't. Maybe in private you do. But this, man, you dig in your heels. I anyway. dig in my heels because this is ridiculous. <laughs> okay. The install size is not useful information in this regard. Okay. Anyway, eventually you do get some projectile stuff. You get a bow and arrow. Um, you do get a grapple hook, as I said. So it's a little bit like Spider-Man. They did say that. You do have to use stealth at points in this game. They don't demonstrate it all that much in this state of play to see how it really works, so I didn't really get a good yeah, read on that. I don't know that. how you do a lot of stealth when your hands are glowing constantly. But yeah, it might be a little difficult. Maybe maybe ghosts don't see that. Yep. Um, and then they made just like a statement in the press release. It said, It's not just the ghosts and demons trying to stop Akito from succeeding. Tokyo itself will get twisted and corrupted to mess with your hero's mind. So there's some other... I don't know if there's some alternate reality you get transported to where mm. this inside your mind. My I mean, guess would be that by the end of the game, like everything's all maybe weird, weird and tentac right yeah, here. weird and tentacly and dark, and you get some twisted version. You know, like, kind of like what Shin Megami Tensei does with Tokyo. Well, the, the Evil time. Within also did yeah. that stuff. It would take you to like this other world sometimes. Um, yeah, I mean, it could just be like a Silent Hill, right. With more neon. That thing. would probably be the best guess. Um, the game comes out March 25th, as I said. It's PS5, one year exclusive, and PC. Matt, how do you think this game is going to do? I think it's going to be almost completely unnoticed. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't see this breaking out of, like, kind of the enthusiast realm. I don't either. Um, even I'm an enthusiast. It is in a better release window than, like, Dying Light 2. It's not that far but out. But it's I mean, not it's that March. far out. No, it's not that far out, and it's... I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I don't, you know, I think there is a kind of a, a not, if you're not already into kind of the anime Japan thing, like, looking at this is going to be kind of an instant turnoff for those people. Like, I don't see this breaking out of its niche. I don't either. If that makes any sense. Like, yep. And I don't think people are going to pick up on the fact that it's the next game from the team that made The Evil Within. Because The Evil Within is actually no. done pretty well. It has a pretty big audience of people that really enjoy yeah. it and look forward to the next game. And it had a lot of legs because they, you know, they put that stuff on deep discount and they were willing yeah. to like, you know, a lot of people played it over the course of years after release that would probably, probably enjoy whatever they're making now. But like, I don't know. Like, I mean, this looks cool to me. It does to me too. Um, I want to play it. I just think its mainstream appeal is extremely limited. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a hard sell on this to say like I don't know the the Skyrim crowd or something. I think financially for. Tango, and they may have just been paid a lump sum to make this for PlayStation or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
But financially, I think it probably would have been smarter to just make another Evil Within. Um, but I can understand where if you're creative, you get tired of working on the same thing over and over again. Yeah, so I can I also get see why like, they did it. But. I can also see, like, you know, this game does look cool. Like, you know, it makes it a does. good visual impression. Mm-hmm. Like, if I can see wanting to make something a little flashier. Than there will be Evil good TV Within. commercials for this that will catch people's eye. You think they'll do TV commercials for this? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Yeah. So there you go. Ghostwire Tokyo. I mean, I'll say this. I was surprised at what the game ended up being because the trailers that they had put out before, like, it was really hard to glean what the game was going to be at all from that stuff other than, okay, there's probably first-person magic casting. But otherwise, it was kind of a blank slate. So um, I'm pleasantly surprised at what it ended up being, but I still think it's going to struggle to have any mainstream appeal. So we'll see what happens. But again, that's coming out on March 25th. And where the PlayStation stuff just keeps rolling. PlayStation is starting to dominate 2022 already. Next, we're going to talk about Gran Turismo 7, which also had a gigantic presentation this week. It actually had a state of play. I think the mm-hmm. Ghostwire Tokyo was like a showcase or whatever. Yeah, that was some kind of one-off. I didn't even know the Ghostwire thing happened until today. Yeah. Gran, Gran Turismo was pretty well publicized. Yep. Gran Turismo 7 had a legit state of play. It was like 30 minutes long, just loaded with information. Matt, what would it take for you to be reinvigorated in Gran Turismo? Oh, I can't even imagine what that would be. Like, I'm going to play it, but, like, to be, to be excited about Gran Turismo again? I don't know. I'm, I have no idea. I, I mean, even, I'm not even particularly excited about Forza Motorsport 8 or whatever either. it's going to be, you know? I'm just, I struggle to get like, excited I, I feel like I've seen sims. what I can see from my kind of straight, you know, straight-laced car sims and... I don't know what else I need to play in that realm, you know? Well, one thing that Gran Turismo 7 is doing is starting... So it's not the leader anymore, Matt. No, Instead no, of not. other games imitating Gran Turismo, Gran Turismo is starting to imitate yeah. other games. And I feel like that partly comes from the fact that they never come out anymore. Yeah. You know, like like the, the, the fact that Forza's been able to iterate as much as it has with its regular schedule has been an advantage. Every two years, coming yeah. out with a game, it helps. Um so, like, some of the stuff that they're doing is, like, there are, like, when you first start the game, there's this kind of cool, fun, like, race that you start where, like, the music is playing and, like, there's, like, these modes in the game where you play along to the music and, like, as a certain number of beats roll up, you get, like, score multipliers. Like, you can see them trying to have a more fun, exciting sort of presentation around the actual racing in Gran Turismo this time. Yeah, I just hope it's kind of... There's an element of, like, how do you do fellow kids with, with Gran Turismo tries to do that sometimes, and I wonder how successful that'll be. Yeah. Um, for, one of Forza's strengths, especially early on when they were, you know, the underdog against Gran Turismo, was that Forza really got across kind of the love of cars and the, and the, the, the you know, the car enthusiast attitude and the tone, you know, especially bringing in the, the Top Gear guys and, mm-hmm. and kind of, like, focusing on the history of the cars and kind of all that stuff, and, like... Gran Turismo was just sort of the sterile sort of like, uh, you know, Gran Turismo was the guy who collects cars, puts them in a giant glass garage and never drives them. And Forza was was the guy who, like, collects cars, you know, bring, has all his friends take one and they all drive out to, like, the motorcycle club, <laughs> like, bar, at, you know, on the weekend. Like, it was it was yeah. two very different approaches to the same idea. Well, Yamauchi, the head of Polyphony, who's been making this game since the beginning, his mission statement, and I'll just read it to you, um, GT7's purpose or GT7 was produced to celebrate the idea of car culture, can't read today, in the modern day and inspire people to want to be a part of it. Whether you are interested in racing, scapes, and photography, livery design, tuning, or collecting cars. 
it's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly the same thing it's always been. It's like you read that, I'm like, that's what it's always been. Mm-hmm. You haven't changed anything for that. Um, now, I was talking earlier about that music mode. It's called Music Rally. Um, on the surface, see that, oh, they went to a cafe. So you're like, they're, they're trying to do that, that tone. Well, see, that's the big new feature from this, the Gran Turismo Cafe. It's mm-hmm. really just a launch point for doing all the other crap in the game. Yeah, it's just a prettier menu, which to Pretty be fair, much. they needed. They used to, The menus on Gran Turismo used to be a big open white space. Well, now they do have like that Super Mario like world map thing now mm-hmm. where they show like a piece of land with these little icons that you can go to that's kind of the other main navigation point for the game i mean any kind of personality they can inject into this series is going to help people yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i mean honestly it makes a huge difference yeah. if you just put people in stuff and yeah. like you play grand trees but you hardly ever see any people no this this is there's stare like you get the impression the cars are driving themselves right. it's like it's some like kind a of ghost. weird, yeah. It's like some kind of weird post-apocalyptic, realistic take on Pixar's Cars. Or there's a robot driving. Yeah, them. yeah. Uh, music rally, which I was talking about earlier. On the surface, it's like an arcade-style race where you enjoy like up-tempo tunes while you're trying to reach checkpoints. Um, but this is also a way to experience GT's driving gameplay and an opportunity to set your steering and pedal operation type and driving assist stuff like that. Uh, the world map, as I just mentioned, it's the home base. And it's a res- they call it a resort-themed world of Gran Turismo 7. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, when you first start the game, the first task is to, com- to complete is to use some um, in-game credits to purchase the first car, or the purchase a used car of your choice at the Gran Turismo Cafe. Mm. So the cafe is where you actually go to buy the cars. Right. I, rem- I mean, I remember that in the old, you know, the PS1 games where, like, they 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 tried to simulate that. Where like you couldn't afford new cars in the original right. Gran Turismo. You were you were stuck with like used Hondas early on, yeah, and yeah. Like fighting your way up. Well, this like, happened again here yeah. apparently. Um, also, the Gran Turismo Cafe offers you menu books of activities to complete for new cars and mm. other game progression goodies. Um, the first menu book request is to acquire three Japanese compact cars. Uh, one that you get already when you purchased earlier. So that's one of them. But then you have to win the other two from specific races called out in the menu book. So the menu book is like telling you, you want to unlock this, you need these cars, and this is how you do it. Um, it just seems like maybe it's overcomplicating things a little bit. Um, uh, the like license... I can see like that in the actual game, it's going to be like, what? I, I'm just going to hit X until I get to Until something. I get to yeah, a race like... and then win the race. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, you can venture out into those courses in the world circuit area of the map, fulfill the placement requirements, and the new cars are yours. Uh, there is a license center, obviously one of the most popular features of Gran Turismo in the past, um, featuring the crazy driving tests that they've always required that you do. Um, Only driver was more annoying. Yep, yeah, but they have tweaked it this time. Um, attaining the initial B God. license is a lot easier than it was before. Right. God, the license tests in those original Gran Turismo was just brutal. Like, I, never, I don't think I ever got past B. You have to perfect them. You have to do it perfect. Yeah, I agree. But so they've made the B license a lot easier. Um, so novice players can get a little deeper in the game than they have in the past. Um, but I will say this. It does teach you to get better at the game mm-hmm. in general, those license tests. Like, yeah, but they like force you to they've really gotten better. Dig in. Like over in the early PS One days, like those license tests were like you needed a license test to take the license test, right? Like, can you teach me how <laughs> what you want me to do here? Like, it's like uh, the, the 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 expectations were a little strong for a dual for a dual sense one or a, what was that a dual analog? Yeah, one I don't time, think you know? it even had a name, did it? 
Yeah, the first the original was the dual analog. Is that what it was called? And then it became the dual shock. Yeah. When they added the rumble. The dual I had the dual analog. I had longer What was the PlayStation controller called when it finally got its first analog stick? Uh, that well, was they the, started with two, didn't they? They started with two. Yeah. That was the dual. That was the dual analog, okay. and that came out with Colony Wars of all things. <laughs> um, and I remember the, the, the one of the big things you were supposed to use the right analog stick for was gas and brake on Gran Turismo before hmm. they had analog, the analog triggers. Stick. Oh, so it was like that was so how you could not, control just ease down on the gas yeah. and the brake. Interesting. That actually was a good idea. For the t- yeah, I think that's the triggers are better now, but they didn't have anything like that. Then. Yeah, back so then, that was the best you good could use do. of it. Um, the cafe menu will also direct you to the newly opened tuning shop. The tuning in this looks insane. It always has been. Do you mess with this stuff at all in any driving game? No. I do not. I, I mean, I don't know enough about it. To, I mean, sometimes it's obvious. It's like, okay, I'm going to change the torque here. I'm going to change the camber here. It's like I, you know, basic stuff, but I don't know anything about advanced tuning things. I always appreciate when a game just like Forza was just like, oh, you need a car that has performance of this level? Click. Pay this, yeah. much, pay many, credit, pay this many credits. Done. Like that's yeah. and like you know leave it manual for people who want to do that, but let me just like let me hire a mechanic yeah. and get through it. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I hardly ever mess with that stuff. I feel like if I can't complete the the track or the race <laughs> with the car, I just get a different car. Like, yeah, that I don't go too. into my yeah. car menu and like screw around with it trying to get an extra yeah. three. But like traditional Gran Turismo, you can't do that because you can't afford another car. Right, right. You know, <laughs> you have to master it with the car you got. <laughs> it's not like Forza where they're just like throwing Ferraris at you because you want a fucking roulette wheel spin. Yeah. You know, like. Yep. Um, and they do change how part unlocks work. As you acquire new cars, uh, you build up your collector level. Hitting level four unlocks the club sports category in the tuning shop. So you basically level up, and that unlocks new parts for you in the tuning shop. There's another new thing called Brand Central, where you can purchase brand new cars from over 50 manufacturers and tuners. There are over 400 cars in this game at launch. There are 30, so for tracks, there's 97 total tracks set in 34 different locations, so three variations roughly for each uh, location. Uh, Then there's GT Auto, where you can dress up your cars and perform maintenance. There's a livery editor. There's scapes, the scapes part of this. Do you Mm -hmm. remember what the scapes are, Matt? Is that like some like photo yeah. taking thing? It's like three thousand photo locations. The photo mode in this is insane. So in the last one, GT Sport, it never even occurs to me to do that. I know. in these games. Well, unless like Forza makes you do it for quests and stuff. Which GT it. was it? Where we went to E3, and the whole thing was about the photo. Oh, yeah, mode. the whole demo was just photos. And you had your car. You go and do the demo, and then they give you a Polaroid of your car, your car when you walked yeah. out of the booth. Mm-hmm. And was... ever since then. It I want to say that was five. I want to say that was six. I think five or six. I think it goes back five. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like PS3 era <laughs> stupid. Exactly. Uh, I think that was yeah. It would have been five. Um, or maybe one of the interim ones. Yeah. You know, one of those weird fake ass. Oh yeah. Ones. Ace back or whatever. Yeah. And then um, so they launched the photo mode, which was impressive. I'll admit it at the time. Oh sure. Because photo what modes is, weren't you, even a really a thing in games. Yeah, but then. it's sort of a thing. It's like, okay, I'm going to do that once when you tell me to do it for the tutorial, and then I'm never going to think about it again. Right. And then they went crazy on it and did the scapes, which is like, hey, you have this car, put it in front of this backdrop, and mm-hmm. then snap the photo of it. And that's what the scapes are. And they have just gone way above and beyond on the scapes in this. It's like a huge part of the game, which I find very interesting and a little weird. Um, and then there are race photos and more. It launches March 4th for PS4 and PS5, so it's only mm. a couple weeks away. And this is really kind of the first crazy blowout we got direct from Sony for the game. We've obviously had a handful of trailers during its marketing and promotional period. So maybe the Ghostwire late reveal isn't that weird Maybe for Sony? I don't... 
Maybe that's just the way they're doing stuff now. I guess. Or maybe they're doing that because, like, you don't do it until you're sure. Yeah. You know? Maybe. I mean, it's working for them. Yeah. Regardless. I mean, yeah. You're not going to – Grand Turismo is not going to bomb. Yeah. Anything, so. I think it's going to do very well. I would think so. I there's, mean – There's nothing else like it on PlayStation. I mean, it's also a PS4 and PS5 game. Yeah. And I was so you've got this. all the fans that like it already, but then like if you want a you know top level driving game on PS5, this is your option. This is it? Like, this is it? Yeah. And there's it no does drive look club. Damn kids. good. Yeah. It doesn't look like there's any damage still though. Yeah, I don't. I mean, who? Knows? I mean, I thought there was damage now. I in thought things. there was one. In the last one, a couple entries that did have yeah. some damage, but this one doesn't appear to have any. You're not showing it off if there is. Yeah, if there is. But here you're seeing all the tuning and all the parts, and it's just insane. Look at this. That's for a VW Bug, dude. Do you need yeah. that? <laughs> Get that. I'm sure you do if you know what any of that means. I, I don't. I guess. I mean, a Volkswagen Bug doesn't have like 120 horsepower or like 100 Yeah, horsepower. but I mean, the laws of physics still apply to it, so I guess you <laughs> yes. can tune it into hell. Or not. I mean, people do do crazy things. They with, do. Even yeah. those, like, I've even seen bugs with like wheelie bars and stuff yeah. where people put turbos in them. It's bonkers. Um, are you any more excited for this now that we've learned pretty much everything about it? No. Me either. I, like, there's again, there's nothing that... You can hang your hat on and be like, that's going to change my impression of this game. And look, you maybe you don't want to change it because this series has been so popular for years and years. I can understand why you'd be a little reluctant to change yeah, things. Yeah, certainly the argument can be made that there's no reason to change anything because it's working just fine. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if GT Sport... I mean, the sales of this franchise have definitely waned over the years. Yeah. They're not like they used to be where they would literally sell like 14 to 20 million yeah, units. But I think part of that is just changing tastes, though. Like, yeah. you know, driving games used to be how you measured a system you know like checking the pop in and checking the draw in and yeah. checking the texture you know like they used to be like you know cruising usa it was like oh my god it was a disaster that it was bad <laughs> on n64 or whatever uh, um now imagine someone imagine people caring so much about cruising usa or something equivalent today that there were like months long arguments on the internet about <laughs> it like like usenet was just it was there was uh -huh. just endless cruising usa arguments about things like that People would, would just go on and on and on about Gran Turismo this and whether this with the pop in here is better than this and this game, it doesn't match the arcade. Perfect. Like, driving games were a big hot topic and no one really talks about them no. now. No, because none of them have broken the mold in forever. No, and there's a point where, like... This genre has really... This, this genre really hit a diminishing returns level when graphics got good enough to sort of, like, semi-perfect... Photorealistic cars. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. Once you hit a point where you know, once you can no longer see whether the helmet is shiny or not, shinier or not, what are you even comparing in Madden? You know, so it's like yeah. sort of like these, and you know, at this point, the Forza Gran Turismo rivalry, quote unquote, is really more like what kind of flavor you prefer. Yeah, like if you prefer a more straightforward kind of, you know, I would describe it as sterile. But if you don't want kind of the the, you know, not that Forza really ha outside of Horizon really has the bro culture to it uh, in the mainline series, but it has more of a um, you know, even with the as top gear guys, as a personality had a snark to it. It <laughs> yeah. had, to, you know, um, it has a little plot. Like, and, this, and, and I can, engaging. I can see. Like, I don't agree with. All right, it's not how I feel about it, but like, um, I could see how someone who doesn't want to be told how to enjoy cars would yeah. like the more neutral presentation of Gran Turismo. Mm -hmm. That just doesn't do it for me, though. Me either. It just seems boring, and it's hard for me to get excited about it because mm -hmm. the other thing too is that Gran Turismo used to have a huge advantage over everything else. It was the best looking most realistic yeah. playing driving game in the world. Yeah, and like nobody else was even trying to it do that. Even, like, Polyphony was on a completely different yeah. 
philosophy, not even level. They're on a completely different philosophy of yep. how to make these games. And they're not the only game in town anymore. Yeah. There's competition now, and I've honestly enjoyed the competition more over the last 10 yeah. years. So For sure. I've definitely fallen off with this franchise over time, but this looks pretty damn good, Matt. Like, it does. Like it's, if it's, you're a Gran Turismo fan, I think you're going to be really happy with this game. I mean, there's a lot of, like, oh, Gran Turismo, but more so. Yeah. Kind of thing, you know, like, <laughs> and that's not a bad thing if that's what you want. I also think this game's going to stick around for a long time. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, Sony does have a history of sort of shortchanging their driving games if they mm-hmm. don't come out of the gate exactly how they want them to. Yeah. Uh, Drive Club, anybody? Yeah. But, Motorstorm, um, lots of them. Motorstorm, yeah. But, yeah. like, you know, Gran Turismo tends to get basically the Team Eco treatment, right? Like, yeah. Polyphony gets forever to make these as things. As long as it wants. Yeah. So, that's Gran Turismo 7. Again, it's coming to PS4 and PS5, and it's coming in just a couple weeks on March 4th. Mm-hmm. Coming up real fast. Do you think this will come to PC? Eventually, I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it may be a little longer than usual because mm-hmm. I think they're going to support this with a lot of DLC, particularly yeah. like tracks, like 34 locations, 90 yeah. tracks. I think I could see them expanding that. to like um, other continents. Yeah. Because it looks like they got like, you know, got like Japan and Europe and America. Mm-hmm. I would definitely like to see some uh, Australia stuff. I like, yeah. you know, there's, there's, there's other places in the world they could take it as Absolutely. like a kind of little mini expansion things. So I think this will be a safe purchase. I think the game's quality is going to be good. I think you're going to get a lot of value out of it if you mm-hmm. like Gran Turismo. And I think they're going to offer you a lot of post launch support. So if you're a Gran Turismo fan, you probably should. Uh, Put this one on your list and uh, get ready to buck up and pay your money in a couple weeks because I think it's going to be a good Gran Turismo. So if you like Gran Turismo, I think you'll be happy with it. Or just keep playing Elden Ring. Yeah. I mean... Because the one thing Gran Turismo doesn't have is a horse (laughs) that can jump up a cliff. I'd love to see the the Venn diagram of of the Gran Turismo and Elden Ring fans. Where is the overlap there? Probably more than we think, but not enough to really matter. (laughs) That's a good way to put it, I think. Uh, so there you go. That's Gran Turismo 7. Next up, we're going to talk about, and again, I really wish that I had taps here on the TriCaster to play it because yet another prominent gaming product has essentially died, and that is Stadia. Called it. Yeah. We I had, mean, actually, a little long, I think I said two years. Yeah. It was coming out. It was a little more than two years. Has but, it made it more than two years? I thought so. Didn't it? I thought, I thought the, like the initial so things. Anymore. I thought the initial thing started in November 2020. Or was it 2019? That sounds about right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 2019. Yeah. Like, am I wrong? Am I, I can always look at our B-roll. Yeah. And know how <laughs> old something date on the B-roll, is. Yeah. Oh, unfortunately, here in the TriCaster, it doesn't provide the date. It has everything else, but not the date for the clip, unfortunately. Because it never really launched properly, <laughs> did it? Doesn't like, seem like yeah, it. November, 20, November 19th, 2019, in select countries. And then April 8th, 2020, they launched the no-cost base service. So basically... so. Early 2020, yeah. essentially. So, two years. Two years. I called it. I said two years. <laughs> it. I mean, you nailed it, honestly. That's how long Google lets something that isn't a runaway success live until they kill it. I will say this. Someone on the site tried to give us credit for calling it. Mm. And they were like, Shane and Matt called this. They said it wasn't going to last more than, you know, not very long or whatever. And then, like, of course, the first comply was, everybody knew that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, not everybody. You read some of those articles at the time. Exactly. Apparently, the apparently the revolution was upon us. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, then later um, on in the story, someone was like, "I thought it was gonna be good." Yeah. Like, I appreciate the admissions of some people. Like, yeah. Also, like it's not over. Oh yeah, they're still gonna use it for like very. Yeah. Still, the service is continuing, but they are like I think the internal this the internal talk was that it was like. 
25% of it is focused on video games now, and it's going to move to another kind of idea. Yeah, so they've been... Because the tech is still useful for stuff. It's just it not going to work for gaming. They've already worked well. out some deals. So they worked out a deal with Capcom, and they are going to work with them to stream games in web browsers for Capcom mm-hmm. games. Um, they had worked with AT&T to get a version of, like, Batman Arkham Knight streaming for their mobile subscribers or whatever. Um, they had been working on a deal with Bungie. Obviously, now that's not going to work because Bungie was purchased by PlayStation, so that deal's off the table. But basically, they're turning Google Stadia into a brand-new product that they've already renamed Google Stream um, that they're trying Which to sell. Which would have been a better name to begin it with. It probably would have been, absolutely. Um that they're trying to sell to third-party hardware manufacturers. I mean, they're even talking to, like, Tesla to, like, get games that can stream through 5G into, like, Tesla cars. So they are going behind the scenes and not worried so much about creating stuff that consumers care about. Now, to be fair, Stadia did respond to all these stories, and it didn't deny any of it. But it did say that in 2022, they are going to add, or it is going to add, another 100 games to the Stadia library. And again, as How many you, of those are also on the Amico? Right. <laughs> as you had said earlier, though, like, um, you know, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter. No. It, it's like adding another you imagine spending money on a game on this thing? No. And that actually right now, people, if you, if you take anything away from this topic on today's game phase, it's that... You should not buy any games on Stadia. No. Do not do like, it. This thing can go away, and that, that, that Assassin's Creed copy is gone. It could go away tomorrow. Yeah. Literally, like, to, we don't know what day they're going to pull the plug like on the, this. All the weird fear and doom that people whip up about digital like, purchases actually is Here true it is. about this. Here it like, is. <laughs> the people scared that, like, if they don't buy physical, their stuff's going to go away. Yeah. Here it comes. Yeah, this is actually where it will happen. Also, I love the pop-in jumping in the corner yeah. of that screen there. That was, <laughs> the tree. that was a great thing to demo <laughs> for us there, guys. It's just crazy watching all this now because it wasn't that long ago. Oh, Phil, what, what will you ruin next? And look at how committed they are to It's just yeah. crazy. I love that the the um, one of the ways they knew that this was a problem is they moved Phil Harrison under a different person. Right. Like, he's no longer in charge <laughs> of this thing. He now answers to someone else who's in charge of it. Who is probably the head of Enterprise or yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's, it's like, oh, yeah. That's I mean, a, all Stadia is going to become now. So I would look for him to move to a new thing soon. Yeah, because he's, he's not running the show anymore, else, and that's I not what he likes. I hate to say this, but something else for him to ruin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, his track record's not great, but I mean, Stadia is essentially going to become a bunch of sales and marketing people yeah. who are trying to sell the technology to other companies in some way, shape, or form. It's going to be a game as a service without a game, pretty much. <laughs> it's just going to be a service. That's all yeah. it's really going to be. Like, are they going to like push it as like a Zoom equivalent or something? Like, what is what is it going to be? I don't. I just think that they're going to try to sign those kind of B2B deals with mm-hmm. game publishers or other companies that just want have to have some weird game streaming thing right. as a part of whatever plan they just have a, going. Another, another logo on the coming to Pretty whatever much. list. Yeah. So yeah. you're basically, it's basically going to be a zombie. Yes. It's still alive and walking yeah. around, but it's not functional. Yeah. And you do not want it to bite you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I don't know when this is you all going to You certainly shouldn't give it any money. Yeah. <laughs> don't give zombies money. Kids. Yeah, but they don't I, have any use for it. Well, when Stadia first launched, like we mentioned over and over again, that you know Google is guilty of bailing on its oh, products yeah. early. 
We oh, can yeah. go on and on. Google right. Glass, Google Plus, like all of it. Google Wave, Google, yeah. and tons of, you go get that Google, Google, Pay, like, that Google Graveyard site. There's stuff I've never even heard of on yeah. that. Stuff that just never even was in the public eye that mm-hmm. they've canned. Um, so it's not a honestly, it's not a shock that Google's bailing on this no, this early. I well, mean, especially because at least Google Glass was like a good idea to some degree. Like there was, you look at Google Glass and you're like, yeah, I get it. That's Hololens or what Hololens is yeah, going to be called. Hololens eventually. ends up being, yeah, yeah. And also like you know when you got like people, uh, you know, starting, you know, like Jeremy Hoffman had a Google Glass and he'd sh- you know he'd show people and he you know, he used to call it the uh, the Google Glass smile. Or like once you do the first thing with it, and you just have the stupid grin on your face because it's like this weird future tech, and like, but that you know, but they never really went beyond that. Like they, there was a delight element to that tech, but like it just didn't do what they internally thought it was gonna do or wanted it to do, and it just sort of went away. Instead of continuing to work and iterate on it, it just sort of quietly went away. Well, and that's when, sort of what Google does. Here's I mean, a- and then you got the other options, which is like Google Wave, which to this day I still don't know what the hell that was. Yeah, they push that like crazy as like a new mm-hmm. business tool, and I still don't know what it is. Yeah, Here, here's the thing, you if when you cancel your first party development a year into your plan, that was it. What Google has discovered, and what a lot of us already know, is that you need a killer app. Mm-hmm. You need something. You need the milkshake to bring all the boys to the yard. <laughs> Seriously, there's got to be something that people can talk about around your platform. There was yeah. nothing. No. I mean, Star Citizen's coming up on 10 years now <laughs> of taking millions of dollars okay. for pictures of spaceships. Fair enough. But there's something to talk about right. there. Yeah. The end goal of Star Citizen is an exciting idea. It is. The end goal of Google Stadia is why. Yeah. I mean, the only unique selling proposition it had is that you could play, and I use that term loosely, the biggest games that were coming out without buying a console. Right. But But that's not a killer app. No, especially because if you have the equipment to display the games of that in that quality, you can buy a console. Right. Like, it's yeah. like I don't know I continually did not understand who this was for. It was for this person who had the absolute cutting edge high end audio video equipment and like gigabit gigabit internet console. but wouldn't buy a PS five. <laughs> like yeah. who is that? Yep. It's funny too watching this presentation. All the people in the crowd applauding. Brilliant, yeah. well, great a idea. A bunch of those people are paid to be there. Well, they're so. Google employees, probably. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, true. <laughs> it's probably on campus. I forget that. I forget you could be places yeah. back in the old days. Yeah. So two years this ended up lasting, Matt. Mm-hmm. The future is 8K. Is it? <laughs> really? They never made it there. No. Did they ever even stream in 4K? I don't know did if they did. Did that ever happen? That, I mean, if it did, I it happened it did. long after I stopped paying attention. I think it happened when they had when it finally went public, yeah. like that mid-year. But early on, it was like, no, you get 1080p, 1080p if you're lucky. And you're going to like and it. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't say I'm going to miss it too much. It was kind of helpful in some ways, like when Vincent would work on stuff for us, like instead of having him to buy a new console or whatever, like we could just have him subscribe to Stadia for a month mm. or whatever. Like it, there are case cases for its use. It's just not a mass market product. It's just yeah, not. What a specific use case. Exactly. Yeah, I, I like, mean, that's my point. Like yeah, it's, most it's, people would get no use out of it. So RIP Stadia, how much longer do you think it'll be till they actually announce I don't know. I mean, as or will they ever? Do you think they'll just let it languish? Along? I mean, look, like I talk about how Google Glass is is gone, but Google Glass technically still exists. exists. Like you know, just yeah. they don't do anything useful, right. no, notable with it. Like yeah. you only hear about it if like you already have one, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
So I can see it just becoming that, like just this thing that sort of languishes in the background and never gets mentioned anymore. Um, I think the, the the litmus test on that is when you see Phil Harrison move to a new project. Um, that's, that's when the stadium is over. That'll be the canary in the coal mine. Pretty much, like, well, because I mean, I mean, partly because like, yeah, he has to move on and and fail to launch something else, but also like. He doesn't have to sit around and sit on top of a failing product right. like that. He, you know, he is he has well, enough. He has Google enough, checks are pretty big. They are, but he also has enough cachet to move on to a new project. And uh, you, you think know, he still does? I'm really does. wondering about him. I at think. This point. I mean, I don't know Phil Harrison at all, but I just mm-hmm. I do get the impression that he gets bored easily. Yeah. Uh, if you he know, jumps he, around a lot, he likes to launch stuff. He doesn't yeah. stick around too long afterwards, and I don't think that's necessarily related all the time to the the the, to the his fact performance. that he's not always ejecting. Yeah. Because the thing is nose diving into the ground. Sometimes you know, I think some people just, especially in the executive space. He's no space, Tommy Tallarico. No, <laughs> some people, especially in the executive space, just like to develop things and build something and launch something, and then they move on to the next thing. Um, there are, you know, there are starters yeah. and there are closers. Yeah, that's so. true. Um, one thing that strikes me watching this there now. There are non-starters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that strikes me watching this now is I would imagine there was at least two years of work that went into. All the stuff leading up to this presentation. Oh yeah, and Easy, then it easily. only lasted two years. Yeah. Took him longer to make it than for it to. I mean, yeah. that's the story of that's failure. crazy. How? <laughs> you know, like my main takeaway from Stadia is just how mad about how much of Jade Raymond's time they wasted. We're gonna talk about that here in just a second, actually. Um, but yeah, well, it was only a year. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> he hired her, and twelve months later, they canned her entire division. But I do think if Stadia had stayed the course and actually created some mm-hmm. exclusive first-party content and let Jade Raymond actually make a game and wait and see what the response to that is before you pull the plug on your first-party development, it might have had a chance. Oh, sure. But, I mean, part of the constant stories we get from you know people who were working on this thing and from people working at Amazon's game studio thing is that they just neither of those companies knew how game development works. Yeah. They were expecting it to be like app development or they were yeah. expecting it to be... Um, they try instantaneous to apply their business practices that work yeah. in other areas, right? Onto game development, and they don't. It doesn't make you any can't sense. Graft and that never like worked. And I've seen the opposite too. I've, I, you know, I've, I've done a lot of consulting things and a lot of like little, you know, little odd job things around. And I, I was involved in this thing once where it was, it was an app company um, that didn't really know games. So I mean, games, yeah, but like mobile stuff. And they wanted to do video stuff, mm-hmm. but they didn't understand that video stuff doesn't work the way software development works yep. and they were they wanted to like they wanted to develop a show and shoot the show and then take notes on the show and then reshoot the show <laughs> with the notes incorporated and i'm like that's going to cost the same amount again you know that and like they're like why would it cost the same amount we've already made oh the show God. and i'm like because you have to put everyone in front of, you have to do it again you have to literally this isn't code you can't just like remove a person from the show and put them in and like the rest of it stays the same like it, it was bizarre like there are people in the tech space that do not understand yeah how the world works and that should tell you i mean look man Uh, people in positions you've seen elon musk's boring company where it's like that's like something a 10 year old would come up with like that's not going to survive contact with reality what are you talking you just (laughs) dig a hole through the whole thing and run cars through it like a hot wheels track that's not that doesn't no that's not how anything works Uh, um but there's a lot of that mentality up in in that in that tech sector hubris 
You yeah. think because they've been successful doing one thing that they know how to do oh, yeah. everything. Dunning-Kruger syndrome. Like, yeah. you think you know a little bit, but you don't know enough to know you don't know anything. Yeah. Um, and you get run into that a lot. So, like, yeah. that is sort of, I think, I mean, I, I'm sure Sadia was something like that. Because the more and more you dig into it, it sounds like Phil Harrison's the only person uh, in calling any shots that knew anything about how the game industry worked. Well, someone had made some interesting comments about Phil here in our chat. And mm-hmm. um, <laughs> he says, um, the PS3 took off once Phil left. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. After they stopped lying to the press about the motor storm footage, uh, yeah, was, lying to me. Yeah, I wasn't having it. I called his ass out right. On and the kill zone footage. I mean, that, I mean, that all turned out to be fake. <laughs> it did. All of it was wrong. And I called him out right to his face on camera at Dice. Or was it Dice or GDC? I don't even remember. I think anymore. it was GDC because yeah. that was where we did the interview where he started yelling at Adam. Yeah. Shane, show your milkshakes. I don't even know what that actually means. I just know that there's a song it's called... A, it's, a, it's a dance. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. It's a it's a dance, which involves shaking your boobs. Oh. Oh, I didn't know Pretty that. Pretty sure. Oh. I do know the song. The I mean, catchy. milkshake. That's the, But really, it's, she does the dance so well that all the boys come see her ah, do it in, in the yard. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> um, we will be explicating more pop songs. <laughs> no, we won't. Going forward. Cinetike says, feels like in the U.S., if you can afford good internet, you can also afford a console. Probably. Probably. Sleepy Droid said PS3 went better after Phil left. He's right. Yeah. It did go. It did, it did go better. Um, person who's in, ch- person who's, in char- who's in charge, like, it matters. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Vincent says, why did Google and Amazon fail, but Sony and Microsoft succeed? Glowingly so in the former case. Um, I think in in the case of Sony, I think it's partly because there was a vacuum to fill. Like Sony's, the PlayStation was not a solution in search of a problem. The PlayStation was a power, saw an opportunity in a power vacuum and took it when Sega f- fell. Like Sony saw weakness with Sega and knew they could take it, take the, the road there and they did. Microsoft, I think, had the advantage of... Um, they had infinite resources, essentially, and on top of that, the industry was simpler then. Like, it was easier yeah. to get attention when the Xbox launched. It's true. So I think that's what happened there. Um, also, Sony and Microsoft are just more competent companies. Like, uh, like Google does one thing and does it well, uh, at least, uh, especially if you consider that one thing to be uh, making Bing irrelevant. But... Um, <laughs> There's not a lot of um, versatility in uh, in their in their hiring. Like I don't I don't think they have a lot of uh, people with the lateral thinking required to jump from industry to industry. They have lateral thinking in terms of problem solving inside their own wheelhouse. But it seems like every time they try to step out of it, they have problems. Um, and I'm not sure what the solution to that would be. It's probably a corporate culture problem. Yep. Um, and I think Amazon has a similar problem. I think Facebook is having a lot of that problem right now. Facebook has lost, what, a third of its value or something? Four, quarter of its value in the last quarter week? Quarter of its value, yeah, in the last um, week. Yeah. Like, I, you know, none of none of these companies are invincible. No. Never. No. Never. Look at Spotify. Yeah, it's look been at, absolutely. Beat up, look at Spotify. Look at, it's great, lost billions look, of man, valuations. Th- there, was a time like you, a week. there was a time that no one could have believed that Gran Turismo would not be the dominant driving game forever. Right. The yeah. idea that anyone could try to challenge Gran Turismo was absurd. Well, there was a time that no one would ever dream that Nintendo wouldn't be the right. dominant right. console company. And what happens in all those situations? Someone screws up majorly. Someone screws up, <laughs> yes. They <laughs> defeat themselves. Yeah. They are always their own worst enemy, yeah. and someone sees an opportunity, just like Sony did when Sega stumbled with the Sega CD. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and what? Sony said, we've been working with Nintendo, they're being dicks, and we can do this better. And, and they, they were did. right. Yep. Uh, Godzilla says, if Stadia were, was more like Netflix, it would have been awesome. Yeah. 
that is a I mean that's kind of what PlayStation Now and Game Pass are though. Yeah. Right? Like that's 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 some that's true. Deadly Virus Evo says Phil Harrison was also a part of the Xbox One launch. Look how that turned out. I was yeah. not aware of that. Was he? I don't remember that. I don't remember that at all actually. I mean it it's it's it would track. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> We're not saying that it doesn't make sense. I just don't remember that at all. Um anything else on Stadia? No. I think everyone's just saying like Adios amigo. No loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, who who cares? Yeah, I don't think anyone. I mean, I don't want anyone to lose their job. Uh, there were. I don't think there were any um, sound like Stadia fanboys. I don't think any of those yeah, not a lot. <laughs> developed throughout the course of its lifespan. So anyway, it seems like it's only a matter of time until they announce the official demise of the consumer-facing version of Google Stadia. But I do think yeah, that Phil Harrison wasn't was, was a, a, a corporate executive at Microsoft when Xbox One launched. I thought he was at Atari then for some reason. No, nah, he left. Good call, yeah, he left. When is he? He left. Phil Harrison is. Yeah, Phil Harrison has left Microsoft April twenty seventh, twenty fifteen. So I don't think he was around. Uh, yeah, no, he was around for that. How does he keep failing up? Some people just do. They just go from project to project that doesn't work if, out. I don't know if going from PlayStation to Xbox to Google is up. <laughs> well, but depends on if you're talking about paychecks pay, or I mean, I'm sure you're getting paid just fine. You got paid sure. very fine at Google, I'm sure. Um, okay, let's move on. We're going to talk next about the insanity that's been going down in PlayStation land this entire week. Obviously, in last week's episode, the big topic was PlayStation buying Bungie. And when we had that discussion last week, a lot of the details still weren't out there. Most of them were, but not all of them. And I had brought up a point. One of the big points that we discussed on the show last week was, okay, what are you getting with that money that you're spending on Bungie? And Matt was like, you're getting the talent, you're getting the expertise. And then I said, well, you can always hire those people away. And we never really came to a conclusion. Well, then like a couple days after we recorded the show, Sony made it very obvious what its plans were because it announced that it of, of the purchase price of Bungie, Nearly one-third of it, $1.2 billion of that sale price, is being dedicated to retaining Bungie employees. Mm. So Sony was way out ahead of it. They saw what I saw, which was like, well, we're just buying a name and destiny, so we need to guarantee that we can keep what matters, Mm. which is what Matt said, the people there. Mm -hmm. And so very smartly, Sony set aside a third. So now the the acquisition makes more sense too now, Matt, because... The acquisition of Bungie is actually like two billion dollars now. Right. Instead of, but then they had another billion left over to retain all the people they want because they wanted the expertise. Yep. And the way they're setting it up is like the employees at Bungie have to stay there. So they'll get some of them will get a bonus like right away. But then like the big generally the bigger bonus is a carrot dangling. Yeah, on you the want sti- that down the road when it, when it where can pay you off. have to stay for three years to get that big bonus. So Sony ended up doing it smartly. I mean. Yeah. And also now the purchase price doesn't seem quite yeah. as egregious. Like I, like I said before, I think that will pay pay out, maybe not monetarily, but yeah. I think it will pay dividends, uh, kind of company wide going forward. I think I think they will get their money's worth. I don't know if they'll make their money back in a in time. Yeah, in probably. T- yeah over time it'll be it'll be there. But like this was a this was and it's that's good. That's, you know this this was a long term like far sighted investment. Like this mm-hmm. is like who the people who 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 greenlit this deal at Sony are thinking 10 15 years down the road. Yep. And that's good. Like you need that. That dovetails nicely into another thing that Sony announced this week which is that it plans to have 10 live service games available 
before March 2026. Which is also what I said they were probably. That is insane. Do. That's a lot. Like that. <laughs> like those better all be very different things. Do you want ten? No. In like I mean, I don't. Four years? I mean, I guess you not could, even four years. I guess you could call like Gran Turismo a game as a service, technically, if, if you if you want to call how it. How they handle it eventually, I guess maybe. Gas. GT Sport it's a gas was, game. Yeah. Yeah. GT Sport was pretty much a game as a service, yeah, though. Yeah. So it depends, like, what they're counting as a game as a service. Like, they don't all have to be a Destiny, like, RPG, epic, you know, raid thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, that's a lot. Let's try to figure out what those ten games are, Matt. Oh. <laughs> First of all, there's Jade Raymond's new game, which was also basically announced this week. She... Mm-hmm. Did an interview with like a French publication, which I found to be weird, but she well, shared. Doesn't she, she speak French? Isn't she? Well, she's French. She was French Canadian. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah I mean, still weird. I mean, she doesn't work for UB anymore, so yeah, she's still French Canadian. I guess. Um, but anyway, they kind of explained the first details about her new game. It is a live service game mm-hmm. that that promotes inclusion and caring in Glory a per- of service in a persistent <laughs> and evolving world. All what right. does that mean? Nothing. It means nothing. <laughs> what it means. Apparently, she had three concepts that she pitched to Sony, PlayStation, and this is the one that they decided on. All right. So, again, a live service game that promotes inclusion and caring in a persistent and evolving yeah, world. I don't, I don't I mean, look, it's, it's Jade Raymond. I'm in. I don't care. Like, I'll try, I'll, I just want to play another Jade Raymond game before I die. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> so, that's one. The second one is Bungie's new game, Matter. Which yeah. we've known about for a while. Mm-hmm. That's obviously now going to fall under uh, the new ownership. The Last of Us Factions. Yeah. Which is yeah. a multiplayer spin on... Which maybe explains a little bit about why it got delayed so long. Yeah. If um, they decided to instead make it sort of part of this initiative. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of the first ones. I would think this will be the first one. Yeah. yeah. That comes in Unless they're counting Gran Turismo. Yeah. I um, mean, you're seeing footage of the old Last of Us multiplayer stuff now. But I'm, I'd imagine it's not going to be all that different. No, I, I don't think you bre- you're breaking the mold on this one too much. <laughs> Probably going to be very similar. Um, another one, my guess would be Twisted Metal. Mm. Ooh, I'm guessing a, they, a, I'm guessing they bet. turn that into a game as a service. Yeah, I mean, I don't know any other way to do that, really. It's, you know, to make people care, because I wouldn't pay yeah, for a Twisted Metal game. That's for sure. Neither would I. I mean, some of these are not necessarily going to be free. <clears throat> you know, some of these are maybe like Destiny, like buy it and play it, and then add, you know, pay more money for cosmetic stuff. How many do you need? Apparently, ten. I don't. That's know. <laughs> crazy, though. And I mean, I'll say this: so far, I mean, I'm sure they don't expect all ten of them to to last. Yeah. Like you're throwing stuff at the wall. At Assuming this point. some of it won't stick, I guess. Yeah. Like uh, Twisted Metal. Yeah. Firewalk Studios, founded in 2018. It's made up of like former like games as a service developers. Mm-hmm. I know they're working on something. Studio was formed in 2018. It's four years later. Like, they should have something ready soon. Yeah. PlayStation London already announced that it has a game as a service in development. Um, a studio called Deviation Games has said it's working on a game yeah. as a service for PlayStation. I would be a little surprised if they didn't do, like, a Killzone mm-hmm. game. Like, not by Guerrilla, but, like, they, yeah. you know, that seems like an IP you'd probably give to have your sort of standard man shoot. Uh, you know, if, if Ubisoft can do it every five months with Tom Clancy stuff, yeah. I imagine they want some kind of like military thing in there. Do you think Sony will rope Insomniac into doing some game as a service? I don't think Insomniac. I think Insomniac's pretty pretty much the boutique single player game. I would hope so. You could always add on a third, you know, third wing there. I guess. Um, I would also wonder if they'd be thinking about reviving SOCOM mm. in some way. 
because that was uh, that was a big deal on PS2. Maybe. I don't know. Um, and then what do you Espe- think? Well, of- especially if the, with the potential loss of COD um, going forward, like that, you know, SOCOM, SOCOM caught fire for a little bit there. It did. Like, what do you think about a Ghost of Tsushima themed game oh. as a service? Do you do you feel like if you I don't, create I, I, these I'm, live service games around these this IP that it cheapens the IP at all? No, I don't think so. No, not not much. Unless it's really disastrous. But as long as you're still, I I don't care about it cheapening. I just don't want it to replace it. You know well, I, mean? I don't think it would ever replace it. Yeah. But you don't think if someone plays a mediocre game as a service that for the The Last of Us or for Ghost of Tsushima that it doesn't affect at all when that next game in that series comes out? I don't think so. It didn't no. affect Uncharted. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't affect uh, That's true. a lot of Assassin's Creed's. Yeah, although yeah. Uncharted's kind of gone now. Yeah, but more because they closed the book on it, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, it, and also, like, you think it's going to be gone if that movie's a hit? It's gonna be big. That's gonna be a big deal. Do you think the movie's gonna be a hit? Uh, no, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> you already bought your tickets, though. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I mean, I was. It's a group activity. I'm not. I, it, was, I, it wasn't my choice. It was like, hey, you want to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, what was it? Like uh, Henry Rollins has an old thing where he's just like, he's like, he's like, I just go do shit. I just like to go do shit because I like to go. Do, he's like, do you want to go pick apples in Albania and then like be back in L.A. the next day for a gig? Like, yes, because I like to go do stuff. <laughs> so like, if you he's like, let's go do this thing, like, I will probably go do it, whether it makes sense or not. How awesome is it, by the way, that Matt Kyle just quoted Henry Rollins? I love Henry Rollins. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I met Henry Rollins. I it's funny because I mean Henry Rollins to me, I know him is from the like hardcore from Black scene. Flag. And so, yeah. yeah. See, I know him as a worthless poet. Right, yeah. <laughs> as a as as a spoken word guy. I knew him for twenty years before anyone else even knew yeah. who the hell. I mean, he I was. know of obviously I knew of him and his music yeah. career, but what I like him for is I like his writing and I like yeah. his spoken word stuff. The Boxed Life is one of the greatest spoken word albums ever recorded, and that got me through a lot of college. Yeah. Um, if you've never heard The Boxed Life, uh, go pick that up. Go. You'll his find spoken that. word stuff's pretty interesting. He doesn't very try funny. to do like the sing songy poemy stuff. No, he's not funny. Like he, he's very funny, but he's not like poetic. He's not. Yeah. He's just telling stories about his life. Yeah. And some of it's really funny, and some of it's just heartbreaking, and some of it's just interesting. Yeah. And it's just fun. He just gets up on stage and talks yeah. for like three hours. But he's lived a crazy. He has done crazy, crazy things. Yeah. I mean, he. I can't, he's just scratching the surface with that stuff of what he's done. Oh yeah. But anyway, he was a hero of mine for a long time. It's been interesting to watch him break into the mainstream because mm-hmm. he was the antithesis of oh, yeah. the mainstream for yeah. oh yeah 20 years i went and, i remember I, the one time i met him was that i met him at a book he did a book signing at uh in san francisco at the um the independent press expo thing it used to happen next door to the tech tv yeah uh, office, yeah, yeah. Remember? i remember that i went there in 98 to see him and because he just put a new book out and um like i thanked him for all the spoken words he was super nice and super and told he is he sat there and he told me he talked to me for like 10 minutes about mm-hmm. all the spoken word stuff he's working on and what I th- he thought i'd like and the, the, all this thing you should try this other guy who does this and it's like kind of like what i do but he's like, uh, and like really cool like really check good out guy. his interviews with that guy nardawar or artawar mm-hmm. have you seen that guy who does interviews of art music artists he yeah. has like a an afro yeah and he seems really weird and <laughs> awkward but somehow he gets he gets amazing stuff out of him he gets yeah. amazing stuff out of him he's very well researched but he just gets the interview period yeah he talks to the biggest people in music and his interviews are always off the charts check it out if you get a chance his interview is amazing uh what else do we got on playstation this week again another busy week for playstation oh here's a big story PlayStation 5 is now falling behind the pace of the PS4. What? Yeah. Which obviously, you can't fucking buy it. Right. Which is obviously just because you can't buy yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's a shortage of 
But I never would have guessed that that would happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, it kind of proves that it's not intentional, right? Yeah. Like, Sony wouldn't let that happen if they didn't have to. Yeah, and they lowered their guidance for this year as well. Like, the next fiscal year, they're only planning on, like, 11 million PS5s now. Like, they basically lowered. That's a cut. I know. Well, they, they had already lowered it the quarter before by a million and then they came to this quarter and they lowered it another million, which means that production mm-hmm. is not getting any better for these consoles. So it looks I mean, like they, it's going to continue. The to outside be. predictions were like you know early 2023 before any of these shortages ease up, and who mm-hmm. knows even then. I'm still you know we've got ways to go till May, which is when I predicted that someone would have to fight somebody over a can of Mountain Dew. <laughs> it may happen. <laughs> uh, I would probably lean more towards November though. Maybe. <laughs> Because there's other stuff happening in November that could really cause a situation like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's it, actually. That's all. That's the big catch-up. Do you think this is the right strategy for PlayStation, Matt, though, to go so... And I understand why, because everyone looks at it like, well, you just make this game, and then you just have this small team that keeps adding to it. It just generates money and money mm-hmm. and money. But there's a law of diminishing returns there, right? At a certain yeah. point, like... But I think you're just looking for the one thing that... Yeah, I think they are throwing stuff at the wall, and whatever was successful will theoretically make up for the stuff that isn't successful in the long run. And the other thing is, like, Sony has the boutique single-player blockbuster 15 million copies sold experience nailed down. Like, they have that on lockdown. This is the only realm they don't have. Mm -hmm. That and Game Pass kind of stuff are really the only places. They're working on that, too. This is the only place they have, the area they have, that really needs serious improvement. Mm -hmm. And so it makes sense to me. They're just going to go hard. They're going to throw everything they can at this. They're going to find out what people want, what what works, by throwing 10 different games as a service at them. And they're going to hope they get a destiny out of it, basically. It it is pretty crazy to think because they they have the studios lined up to do this, to make it happen. And... To accomplish what you mentioned, make keep making blockbuster single player stuff. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is, like, they kind of did this on the down low. Yeah. Like Microsoft's running around saying, "We bought these guys. We're going to do this." Yeah. Microsoft does this, and meanwhile, Sony's just moving their pieces. Yep. And it's 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 interesting. Yeah. Like, and look, Sony, very opposite like yeah. strategy. Yep. And Sony has the bandwidth apparently to build a competitor to Game Pass. Mm-hmm. It also has the bandwidth somehow to launch PlayStation VR too. Yeah. And it and has sure it has developers yeah. on it for all that. And it has the war chest to do all this. Like I mean, they're betting big on this, but I don't see any other option. No. You know? Like otherwise their, you stagnate. Yeah. And, and as soon as you stagnate, you leave an opening. Sony, I think, is starting corporate Sony is starting to realize that its bread is buttered by PlayStation. Yeah. Well and also And maybe um, the better way to invest its money is to invest in PlayStation. Yeah, I think of, they realize that and I think they also someone in there has realized like, oh, Microsoft's down but not out. Yeah. Like there was a period where I think, you know, as they said, arrogant Sony's back. Mm-hmm. They thought, you know, Microsoft could not possibly be a threat again. Yeah. PS4. And they are again. Yeah. Oh like, yeah, absolutely. Like four years from now, this is gonna be a real fight. It's gonna be wise. interesting. Like you know, you're gonna have it's to make a, you're gonna make some choices about yeah. what you want to play on which platform. And or Sony you're and just I think that's part of the say and buy them all. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, and buy what, less crappy games, so you're just playing the best hmm. exclusives. All I mean, that's the time. what we're gonna say, obviously. But like, yeah. but also, I think that's it ties in with their strategy to put stuff on PC now because they know mm-hmm. one of their weaknesses for you know it, it for a while it was a strength you had to buy a PlayStation to play their games. Now it's kind of a drawback. It is. Like it's better mm-hmm. for them now. It's been proven, I think, with their releases with Horizon and God of War. It's doing better for them to have them available eventually on PC because Microsoft doesn't get to hold that side of things over them. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Like it's it's you it's that's it's when the a, PC being an open platform actually dings Microsoft. Yeah. This, by the way, it. this is the revolution. 
like this is the shift. Like what you're watching here with Microsoft and Sony kind of put positioning themselves opposite each other on what this is going to be. This is the shift in what will determine what the next generation is going to look like. Not Google Stadia. Yeah. Not Amazon Lumberyard or whatever. Like like this is the move. These are the moves that you're that you're looking at to see what the future is. Like I'll worry about you know having to buy a TV with a PlayStation built into it when Sony announces that. Yeah. But they ain't announcing that anytime soon. That is clearly not on their their idealist. They are intending to sell hardware for a long time in the future. Well, I think also too, you know, you're. I think you're obviously hinting to some of the stuff that Patrick's talked about in the past. Yeah. But you're seeing the services that he was counting on to do that fail. Yes. Stadia, Amazon, Luna. Hmm. If there's no services, then were, that's yeah, never going to happen. They were always non-starters. They were always <laughs> yeah. going to be non-starters. Yeah. Um, and it'll be actually. And Luna, like, we're what shooting the hell? Pactor on Thursday. Maybe one of you guys could drop a question about that mm-hmm. in one of the places where you can do that, which yeah. is like everywhere. Can you can you bring a little little uh, candy crow for me? <laughs> Don't make me ask it. You guys can go ask it. Um, um, like what? <laughs> like what? What is going on with Luna? Has they? I, I mean, I see Luna pop up once in a while, like on uh, marketing things, or like a couple times I've written some marketing things that I had to add in. Come, you know, Luna oh, really? is one of the platforms thing that something's coming to, and I'm like, really? It's like, still a thing. Still a thing? Yeah. Did they launch it? Is yeah. it? Is it happen? Is there a? Is did I miss available? That? It's available, yeah. but did they launch it, or is it just sort of one day it happened? It's like a soft launch. Yeah. yeah. Was it? Like Are they going to do like a? Hey, Luna. I don't think so. And again, no. I don't know, Matt, that Luna, particularly with Amazon, I don't think Amazon's all that concerned about Luna succeeding. Doesn't seem like I it. think it's just like, hey, look what AWS can do. Yeah. It's just like a selling point for Amazon Web Services, which I give money to every month here at Swift at yeah. Sifted. They That's the other interesting thing about kind of the tech giant like kind of, you know, dog and pony show and, and horse race with like even with Facebook you can never forget that all of it is hosted on Amazon servers. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's all on AWS. Well, Amazon just increased the price of Prime. People freaked out because mm-hmm. they looked at their financials and they're like, what do you mean? Your financials, like, you killed it. But if you actually dug into Amazon's financials, they lost money mm-hmm. on the retail side of Amazon as far as people buying stuff on Amazon.com and mm-hmm. all that. They made up for it, and then some with AWS, Amazon Web Services. Yeah, that is their most lucrative thing. I mean, the whole world is Especially served. now that they've had to go. I mean, Amazon has gone to great expense and length to make sure shipments still go through in timely manners in ways that a lot of the other shipping companies have been able to. Yeah. And they, you know, that has cut into their revenue. Not that I think, you know, they're not going bankrupt I'm not anytime. Crying for I don't them. care. You know. <laughs> yeah. But, like, they have been more dependable in that regard. Um, yeah. It's uh, it's interesting that that was something they really leaned into, and I don't know if that really paid off for them yeah. in the end. Maybe during lockdown, but now it feels just like, okay, everybody kind of gets stuff at, except for FedEx. FedEx doesn't know what's <laughs> FedEx returned a couple things I ordered to Florida for no good reason, which I'm just like, oh, could not deliver the address. I'm like, I was here, dude. Ring the bell. What are you doing? Yeah. Okay, we got to move on. We're running out of time here. We got one more topic left, and we're going to discuss the biggest announcement of the week, which is the biggest announcement that wasn't really an announcement and rockstar finally admitted (laughs) announced whatever that grand theft auto 6 is in fact on the way the biggest non-announcement announcement announcement ever we all knew this was the case we've i mean if you're a regular watcher of game face or if you use sifted you've seen 
probably a dozen stories roll through about GTA 6 mm-hmm. on Sifted at this point. We've talked about it a couple different times. As different Some of rumors. which are just people It's like, I smell it in the wind. Yeah, exactly. I feel it in the water. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, no, it's just, it's, you'll find out when Rockstar admits it. What I want to discuss today, because it was something that I discussed on my own in Good Morning Gaming and, and kind of just theorized about, was that what does this mean? Why did Rockstar finally now decide to officially announce it? My contention was that it's not that far away at this point, and that's why Rockstar finally put it out into the public domain. But I'm interested to hear your take on what you think it might be. I think it is. Uh, they did it because they were getting close to having it actually leak. Oh. Because you already had people talking about Bully. You know, Bully 2, even back as far as the Game Awards, was being discussed industry by industry types as basically an open secret. Mm-hmm. And GTA 6 was kind of on the heels of that, and I think Rockstar wanted to get ahead of that and, and announce it like, yes, it's in, it's in development. I think GTA 6 is still four or five years out. You think so? Yeah. It's, I'm I think we're getting remember. Bully 2 first. I'm, I, I would agree with that. I'm trying to remember how Rockstar usually rolls with that stuff. When it officially announces yeah. it, how much I longer. think also you may be seeing maybe some jumping the gun, maybe an attempt to sort of like boost. Because the GTA Trilogy remaster failed so hard and was such bad press. Like, like they've never had that but before. dude, did you see the sales for oh, it? Oh, the sales were great. Yeah. <laughs> But they've never they sold ten million of it. Yeah. Before the end of last year. I mean, the, I mean that IP is bulletproof wow. in, a, in a way that almost nothing else is. Ten but, million. But they've never had a in PR, like a month. They've never had a PR disaster like that before. Yeah. You know, and they still haven't fixed it. I know. So give them something else to talk about. Is and, some of this. I mean, it was so bad that in the financial announcements, they had to mention that jo- Mr. Strelznik, who's the CEO of Take Two, he had to mention that. Whatever you saw with that trilogy is no reflection mm-hmm. of what's going to happen with Grand Theft Auto going forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, that shows you how bad it was. Oh, yeah, that's they, serious. Their CEO had to mention it. Yeah, when you have to reassure the shareholders that your last big release will not be what the rest of the releases are, you done fucked up. Do you, so I would say that your idea that they're using GTA 6 to offset the bad news of the GTA trilogy might make yeah. sense. I think yeah. they're doing an, a, Star, a Starfield Elder Scrolls here. Because huh. you remember back in the day when they did that after they after the Fallout seventy six right uh, press yeah, ev- you know yeah. basically when they they the, the press event you know the press conference at E three that year was for Fallout seventy six that yeah. was the game coming out that year and then suddenly Todd just drops oh yeah Starfield and, and Elder Scrolls six are coming mm-hmm. and like everyone's like oh okay. and everyone's like oh I'm like no they put that out because they knew what Fallout seventy six was going to end up being and they needed people to look forward to the future and uh, it's funny if you go back and like. Um, I was going back through like old this forum, one of these other forums I post on, and, and people talking about Elder Scrolls and things. And it was like 2019, I think, or 2018 posts. And I was like, uh, you know, Starf- they're, they're, people were talking about um, people, these people I know, I've known online mm-hmm. for years and years. And they're like, oh, people are like, yeah, Elder Scrolls 6 are going to get that out for like PS5 launch. No problem. Like, that's, I'm like, no, like that's like 2026 or something. Like, that's like way, 2025, I think I said 2024 at the absolute earliest. And they're like, that seems. I mean, why are announcing it now? It's like, and I was right. Like people at that time, people was like, "Oh, like there's no way Starfield's later than 2020." Mm-hmm. And it's like, here we are in 2022, <laughs> yeah. end of 2022. We honest, hope 2022 your fantasy team came hopes fast, came faster than I thought. True, true. I mean, it's, we're still technically in 2020 <laughs> mentally, right? Yeah. Um, but like, no, I was, that was absolutely what happened. Yeah. They, they announced these two things that were barely functioning. You know, Todd even said on stage that day. The technology does not exist for us to start Elder Scrolls Six. He did, yet. yeah, and yeah. like no one listened. No, but like <laughs> they're just too excited. Not too excited to see, yeah, see one shot of a city. 
But like GTA 6, like I think you're kind of in a similar thing. Also, it's like Rockstar can do that because it's not like you're going to hurt it. You know, that thing can come out whenever the hell it comes out and it's going to sell more than more copies than there are humans somehow. You know, like Ashes in the Hourglass asks, what they, comes out first, GTA 6 or Elder Scrolls 6? <laughs> that's a good one. Oh, that's a I'm I you know, I bet those come out the same year. I I think it's GTA. I if don't I had to, Rockstar having If I had to really pick one, I would if I had to pick one, cycles. I'd say GTA. Yeah. Like GTA might be 2024. Elder Scrolls 6, I mean, Elder Scrolls 6 still feels like 2 years after Starfield is too soon. Yes, I agree with that. I think Grand Theft Auto Q3, Q4, 2024. That would be my, my kind guess. of my. That'd be kind of my early guess. Yeah, maybe or at the very least announce. But they don't really announce in the slip usually. No, not, not, it, not tremendously. I do not recall them having exceedingly long promotional cycles for yeah. their games. It feels like once they announce it officially. Well, the other thing it's is a year or two after they come out. The other thing is. Um, there is Until still that GTA 5 next gen thing coming. Right. Like they still haven't put March GTA 15th. 5 out. March 15th. Oh, that's PS, the upgrade. PS, yep. PS5, okay. Xbox Series X, GTA So you got to give that a couple of years to sell again for no <laughs> reason. Matt, like, Matt, they sold another 5 million copies of Grand Theft Auto 5 in the fourth quarter. Who doesn't have this? Are it you, is now to 160 million. Are you people wallpapering <laughs> bathrooms with this thing? Like, what is going on? <laughs> it's crazy, man. Dude, and they're going to sell it now on March 15th. They're putting the PS5 and Xbox, and it's going to sell probably another $10 yeah. Million. yeah. It's nuts, dude. Is it a full price thing, or is it just... I don't know, actually. I didn't see the price on like it. A $10 upgrade? Guy I don't or? know. I just said it was coming March 15th. They gave official... But even so, it. I'm sure you'll be able to... If you don't have it at all, you'll be able to fi- buy a full price. God, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> crazy. Unbelievable. Stop buying GTA 5. There's always people. somebody turning 17. There is. <laughs> There's millions of them every day. Yeah. I mean, it's true. I, I can buy it, you now. M ratings. Not Saturnitis. There's always more yep. teenagers. He nailed it. Yep. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Can't buy booze yet. You can always buy GTA. That's right. Next best thing, I guess. Um, okay. But, yeah, I just wanted to get that on your radar to see what you thought about why all of a sudden they're like, okay, we're going to tell you now that it's coming, even though we all knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, usually when you actually uh, announce something. Oh, that's a good question. GTA 6 or Final Fantasy Remake Part 2 first? <laughs> I mean, I would hope Remake Part 2 first, but. I think that might square. be. Square. That might be a photo finish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That might be like same month shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Uh, so anyway, that's our show. We can take some questions from you guys. We finished up a little bit early today because there's no Name That Game. As I, If you joined a little late, the reason we're not doing Name That Game that today is because I have nothing to give away anymore. I've given away all the stickers that I had. Uh, so while I get new stickers made, uh, we're going to take a hiatus on Name That Game for a little bit. Or we could just play it without prizes. That's up to you guys. If you guys want to play it without prizes, I'm willing to do it. I just thought kind of part of the fun was actually getting something uh, if you were to win. Uh, if you guys have any questions for us, go at Sifted Games in the chat. It makes it much easier for us to find the questions. It looks like a couple of them are in here already, and we do have time to answer quite a few right now because um, we have about 20 minutes. Uh, JM Rain, gifting tier one subs. Thank you, man. That is so awesome. Um, Ashes and Hourglass says, we don't need no stinking prizes. Hmm. Uh, okay. Yakov226. Hi, guys. Some time ago you were surprised Microsoft didn't fire Phil Spencer. What do you think about him now? I think I've actually talked about this already. Mm-hmm. Um, that he's doing better. Yeah. 
Much better. Turn it around. He turned it around, absolutely. He made some really poor decisions for many years in a row, and he had basically driven the business into the ground. And then Game Pass came along. Mm-hmm. And that's a bold, I mean, that, I have to say, that's a bold move that a good executive will make. Yep. And so, yeah, my opinion on him has changed drastically. It doesn't hurt that he has all, I, don't, I do wonder too, like, what took so long? Was it, was he trying to convince the folks above him to invest the money and it just finally, they decided, okay, I don't know. I think it's probably a combination of that and just having to come up with a pivot yeah. what, from what they were. And I think you're seeing the same thing with Sony. Like Sony's making the same kind of bold moves here, mm-hmm. um, which makes it exciting. You know, the, the bold moves are what change things. You yeah. Know? Um, because not just bold moves. And so it's like, you know, like, cause Google, like, Google Stadia was like, we're going to make a thing no one asked for. And it's a bold move in the sense you're throwing a lot of money at a thing nobody wants, but it's a different thing to make a bold move where it's like, I think this could be what everybody wants and don't realize it. Yep. And Game Pass turned out to be that. And uh, I think Sony's betting a similar thing on, to some degree, PSVR, too, uh, but probably more so on those 10 gas games. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's turned it around. He's doing a great job now. And um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I was wrong back mm-hmm. then because he, I thought he should have been fired back then. I thought that... Mm-hmm. He was running the Xbox business into the dirt, so yeah, but he's I, lucky it, they gave him a long leash. He is. Oh, it's also lucky that they were able to see what he was doing because, like, his plan to kind of turn things around feels like it must have been like a ten-year plan. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's lucky that they believed in it enough to, to let him execute. It. But I think we're lucky that they let him do it too because it looks like it's going to work out very well for us. It already as, has as players. I mean, so. I never dreamed I'd have something. You came to me when I was five years old and said, "Someday." You'll be able to pay like ten bucks a month and play all the mm. games you want. Yeah. But also like, the, but also okay. the acquisitions. I just spent that on Punch Out. Like, what are you talking but about? But also the acquisitions and the games that are coming down the pipeline in yeah. the next few years. Like, that's all and all all, all going to be on Game Pass. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, it's a crazy value that I guess they've found a way to make work monetarily. So I guess we'll, or have they? I don't know. I, I don't, don't really care. I mean, I don't care if Microsoft makes money. I mean, look, if they make money, money, great. It'll continue. If if it doesn't and the other shoe drops eventually, that'll be a good show. (laughs) It'll make for a great topic on Game Face, that's for sure. Uh, Otherwise, either way, no skin off ours, right? Nope. Uh, Next up from Vincent. Any crazy predictions for tomorrow's Nintendo Direct? Well, since it's all based on, at least according to the press release I got from Nintendo today, it's all based on games that are coming in the first first half half of the year. So... Is gonna there's gonna be yeah. Kirby. I mean, they're gonna definitely blow, Kirby. We're, we're the last of Kirby. Blow out that Kirby game. Do we get a Breath of the Wild release date? Mm, doubtful. I mean, mm. didn't you say you thought it's coming earlier than people think? I think it will. So then maybe there is something in there. Maybe it's 40 minutes long. Also, Nintendo mentioned in the email yeah. I got today. So that's pretty long. Yeah, it means like maybe there's like a 10, 15 minute Breath of the Wild thing in there. Did you see? Also? Or they're gonna talk about dumb things for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It could be other things. Yeah. You're going to get a 40-minute demo of that's the sequel to the Kingdom Battle thing. or Yeah. Did you see that they... They're going to do a tournament for Splatoon 3 or something. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. They're going to do a sequel to 1-2-Switch. Oh, finally. Finally, <laughs> Snipper Clips 2. I mean, my guess is that will be in there, Vincent. I think probably they'll show off that game for the first You know what time. it's about time? Because it probably is coming in the first yeah. half of the year. You know what it's about time to, to show off if they were going to do it? I, th- I can't imagine they wouldn't. Is uh, Ring Fit 2. Yeah. Time for a follow-up to Ring Fit. Eh. It still sells. Like, if you saw, like, the end-of-year mm-hmm. sales charts, it still sells oh, yeah. really well. But, like, I think more content. A lot of people are ready for more content on yeah. that. Yeah. 
workout games. You need that steady. And steady. five new Labos. Labo <laughs> releases. Um, El Guapo, 3385. Matt and Shane watched and finished Reacher Season 1 on Prime and love it. Anyone else check it out yet? I have not watched Reacher. Nope. I forgot it happened until yesterday, in fact. Yeah, I haven't watched it at all. Um, I barely had time to keep up with Boba Fett. So. Yeah, I haven't watched that yet because I always wait for Disney Plus to get all their episodes out, mm-hmm. and then I just get it for a month. Last one tonight. I know. I've been waiting. Uh, sounds like the last couple episodes have been really good. Oh, uh, last last couple have been peak Star Wars. Yeah, been really good. I heard. It's, I mean, really I liked good. the first few episodes, but they were not. They didn't set the world on fire. Um, mm-hmm. Second one was good. Well, it sounds like he doesn't. He's not in some episodes at all. No, he's barely in the last two. Because here's, the, I, I think there's something going on where like, because I'd heard uh, rumors uh, around the time Mando season two ended that their plan was to do a bunch of the shows simultaneously and kind of alternate episodes from each one each each week to tell like the big interleave story. Mm-hmm. And clearly that was too ambitious, and they didn't do that. But um, I do think you had a you have a thing here where like Boba Fett season Boba Fett becomes Mandalorian season three at one point. And I think you just had a thing where they had told they thought they were going to tell the stories parallel to the point that you had to get Mando to a certain point to finish the Boba Fett story. Gotcha. And here's the thing: I don't care. Yeah. Like I, I'm thrilled to see all the Mandalorian stuff come back early, and I didn't expect it. I don't need Boba Fett to be in the show all the time. Boba Fett is a blank slate who was never yeah. who was never actually cool. Yeah. Um, oh, I would disagree with that one. He looks cool, but as a character, <laughs> he he is told not to fuck his job up. He then sits around and follows a guy. He calls his boss. His boss comes and does his job for him. He misses. He whines about how his boss is doing his job for him. That's right. He shoots at Luke and misses a shot that could have saved the Empire. Yeah. And then he hangs out with a slug for a year, admiring a guy on a wall. And then when Luke d- comes back and does all the stuff, he jumps across a gap with a rocket pack to try to shoot a guy with a melee weapon yeah. and then gets hit in the back <laughs> by a blind man and screams like a teenager as he falls in a giant sand vagina. So I'm sorry, Boba Fett's not cool. <laughs> That's great. You're right, though. I, and, I thought he was cool, though, when I was a kid because he didn't say much. Oh, he's, he's like a yeah stoic. But, but the thing is, even I even noticed this when I was at Disneyland at Star Tours because we got the, the thing from Geonosis where he tries to, to, to hunt you down. And then at the end, you hit the sonic mine back at him and knock, knock him away. I'm like, Boba Fett can't do anything right. Yeah. Even in the show, he, he fails a, he a bunch of stuff. He's kind of a buffoon. Yeah. yeah. Boba, Boba buffoon. Um, but I do like that, you know, in the show, they, they're making him sort of, a, he's like a good, he's a good man. Yeah. Like he, he also loves animals, which is not a thing I saw coming yeah, with Boba Fett. <laughs> but I, I'm here for it. I'm into it. Um, uh, just, but just the amount of times Fennec Shand is just like, what is wrong with you is kind of funny. Um, but I will say, like, I cared about everything way more when it jumped to the Mandalorian stuff, just because mm-hmm. I'm more invested in those characters. Because the brilliance of the Mandalorian is they said, here's the character you think Boba Fett is. Just he's another guy. Yeah. Like, Mando is because as he's badass. Really not that guy. No. Mando is as badass <laughs> right. as we've always... Mando is as badass as your tattoo of Boba Fett, Fett thinks Boba Fett is. <laughs> right? <That's> great. <laughs> anyway, uh, I've watched, uh, lately, I watched the first half of the last season of Ozark, which was amazing. Mm. Uh, it does, the first couple episodes do start a little slow. By the time you get to the the last episode of the first half season, you're like, how are you going to leave me hanging here, waiting for God knows how long for the final seven, ep- seven episodes? I watched The Wheel of Time, which is like this cross between like Game of Thrones and 
some other like high fantasy. Oh, believe it or not, that predates Game of Thrones. Well, I know. Um, it's like so I didn't realize that it was based on books. Like a twenty four book series. Yeah. yeah. And I watched it and I thought it was awesome. I'm like, wow, like I can't wait for the next season. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go online and like see if other people oh mm-hmm. <laughs> people who read the books hate the show. Yeah. <laughs> it's just well, the women are characters now, so right. that's a big problem. <laughs> yeah. I read the first book, maybe the, I read most of the first book of Wheel of Time back when I was like a, a younger teenager, because there were only like eight books out at that point. Yeah. Um, I couldn't get through it. It's, yeah. it's garbage. It was, it, and like, there's there's an actual graph I've seen where like where the the, the Robert Jordan is a terrible writer. Uh, was a terrible writer. Um, he there's a there's a graph of like all the repeated phrases in all the books, and it's like there's a, like one character constantly smooths her skirt when she's nervous. One, oh, really? One tugs her braid. Uh, there's one of the books. The tugger braid line phrase is used a hundred and eight times in the book. Well, so, it's a signifier that she's nervous. Yeah, or but whatever. you come up with something else. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I watched most of this first season of that. I thought it was way better than the book. Let me say, I read the book twenty five years ago or something, mm-hmm. and I didn't finish it because I thought it was dumb. Um, the show was better. Yeah, um, I enjoyed it. I think, uh, yeah. Also, like just visually, it was more interesting. The the characters, like the, there's a lot of differences in the book. I think they're all improvements. Yeah. So, um, sorry, purists. I also think the same thing about a lot of Tolkien stuff. So, yeah. I do not have a hugely high opinion of high fantasy literature. I um, generally don't either, honestly. So. I just end up watching the movies and the shows. Yeah, people read. are always a little surprised by how little science fiction and, and uh, fantasy I read yeah. as opposed to watch. Yeah. Um, I'm that way, too. I yeah. watch this stuff. Like if I'm going to read books, my, most of the like the novels I've read are more like interpersonal like thing. You know, mm-hmm. I'm more of a more of a Jane Austen uh, not that I like, I don't actually like Jane Austen very much, but that is more of the tone of, of the, you know, modern novels, right? Or like magical realism, things like that. Yeah. But like, yeah, I'm not a big, I've never really read any fantasy books I like other than uh, Game of Thrones. Like, I, I, yeah. I like Game of Thrones because they're about characters and politics. Yeah. And so. I watched uh, season two of The Witcher over the holidays. I still I haven't seen trapped that. Trapped in my mom's house. I watched it. I had nothing series. else to do. <laughs> nothing else to do. Uh, you might as well watch a guy who's making the same noise you are. Mm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I Fuck. thought that was really good. Um, it did. I don't know. I thought the ending wasn't great. Like, it didn't really build up to anything where I was like, oh, I can't wait for the next season. But I thought the season mm. was good overall. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it, but I heard that it kind of like there's an assumption that season three is coming. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of stops. Yeah. It doesn't wrap up in a satisfying way to keep me, like, excited mm-hmm. for the next one. Um, At least it doesn't do the multiple timeline thing with no hints this time. Right. I thought that was a little irritating in the first one. Yep. Uh, Minority Games, what game are you looking forward to the most? Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League or Gotham Knights? Oh, God. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think I'm gonna like either of them. I'm not saying either they're gonna be bad, but I don't think I'm going to like either of them. I'm more excited for Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League because the pedigree of the developer I feel is superior. Yeah, but it's weird because otherwise Suicide Squad has a better developer pedigree. Gotham Knights has more characters I care about, so okay, I'm kind of stuck fair. there. Okay, you know. Yep. Um, like I'd, I'd rather play a game about Prime. Batgirl and Nightwing made by Rocksteady. Like yep. that would be I, oh, the, the crossover of the two yeah. games into one. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, Iviz, thank you for Twitch Prime, man. That's awesome. Um, Deadly Virus Evo with all these stu- new studio acquisitions. What does Microsoft and Sony announce this summer for like E3 era mm-hmm. period? Not that Sony participates in that. But. I don't know that they announce that much. I think they show. Yeah. I think a lot of the stuff they've been talking about announcing, they're going to show us teaser yeah, trailers. Microsoft just in. has to start giving us release dates for all these things we know are in the pipeline. 
Avowed. So, yeah. Hel- Sony. Hellblade 2. Yeah, Hellblade 2. I mean, Hellblade 2, I guess, is way out. It so. seems that way. Some people seem to think it's coming at the end of the year. I don't know where yeah. they're getting that from. but I mean, I've heard that. I haven't heard it from reliable enough people to want to put it on my uh, fantasy team. Yeah. I'll put it that way. Here's a good one from Danny Endurance. What do you think of the massive drop-off in Halo's multiplayer numbers? Are either of you still playing? I am not still playing. I am not. I mean, I never really played the multiplayer to begin with. Um, I have stopped playing it because now we're just things are just going off. Like, there's yeah, there's so too many much other games. stuff to do. Yeah, I just don't have time to play any multiplayer. That's the thing I don't understand. Now. I mean, I know I'm uh, I'm kind of whatever you'd call them in the old in the old '90s surveys. You'd call me a mega gamer <laughs> um, in the sense that I play everything. Right, but like. I don't. Yeah, it's alien to me the idea of sticking with a multiplayer game that long because I want to play other things. Yeah. Um, multiplayer or otherwise. Like I used to have that problem when I, well, yeah, I was part of that like little online gaming group that you know I had for years. But like they wanted to get all the achievements in these multiplayer things, and we'd grind those for you know nights at a time. And I'm just like, I want to play something else. I don't want to play yeah. the same thing every time. Matt, what I've discovered is that I try to fill every nook and cranny and crevice of my life with gaming somehow. Like, I, so, shooter, whatever shooter I'm playing at the time, I shoehorn it in, like, five minutes mm-hmm. here, 20 minutes there. Like, I'll render something, like, at night, I'll be rendering Good Morning Gaming for the next morning's episode or whatever, because those go up, like, 11 o'clock p.m. my time. Um, and so I'm always working on those really late. And while, like, that show is rendering, I'll run outside and, and I'll play a game of Rocket League, or mm-hmm. up until a couple weeks ago, I was playing a game of Halo Infinite. So I... I'm a little worried for myself that I do that. Like, I do feel mm. like I have some kind of a subconscious tick almost where I am always trying to make sure. Like, my mantra that I say to myself is ABP, always be playing. Because I feel like for me to do what I'm doing without the resources that most people have to do it, I always have to be playing a game. Or if I'm not always playing the game, I'm writing a script for something related to the games that I've been playing. I. I have a problem drawing the line and compartmentalizing my life mm. and separating like my work from my pleasure. So uh, that's something I could work on. Mm-hmm. It's hasn't been easy. Uh, like, it's like I said before, like I've admitted that I am addicted to games. Like I just mm-hmm. am. Um, yeah, I think I, I'm kind of the opposite. Where I think about like if I if I we weren't doing this show, like I don't know how much I'd play. Period. Like I would probably have gotten dying light too you and bought I would, it yeah i probably would have done that i i mean this month would have been probably an exception i would probably get dying light 2 and horizon and elden ring because they're all too all many things that i like a lot but like the last couple of months like i i, I think i would go weeks without playing stuff at this mm-hmm. point i think i think games have sort of shown me what I, and, and like some of the stuff i played in the last like month you know when we had kind of the you know there's a bit of a, a, a lull between mm-hmm. the beginning of the year and Ar- arceus yeah uh, like i played Greedfall. yeah when and back like and played sky old stuff. you know some of that stuff and you like, do that more than i do you yeah not a little play older bit. games more than i do for sure yeah and only a little bit you know it's not like i sat down and played Greedfall for hours on end i was just like oh, i'll play some of this and that was done i didn't go back and play i did something else yeah like i am definitely hit i feel like i'm hitting a point where like um, if I was if I was left to my own devices, uh, I would be play very less. very picky about what I played. Okay, and a lot of stuff would be like kind of going back to play the stuff I knew I enjoyed, but couldn't didn't have time again to finish or... and realize. And there's also you know like I said about the um, the, the you know Dying Light Two takes place when I'm 60, and I'm so I'm like that's not that far. Away. That's like 2008. Yeah, that's the, that's 2008 in the other direction. That's not that far. <laughs> that's scary. Um, the it's uh, really scary. Like, I, there's a melon of like, like you know, like playing Skyrim. I'm just like, I'm probably never gonna play this game again. 
Like, yeah. this is probably the last time I'm ever going to play Skyrim. Because why would I jump do that again? I played it I four times. I said that, like, ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> this is the last time I played Skyrim. I look, the I first think of that, time. I think of that when I look at all my shelves of all those games I have in my in my office there. It's like, I'm like, I am probably never going to touch 95% of these. Again. I've been coming to that realization, too. The rest of my life. Like, like, I looked at my library. I use my library sometime to come, yeah. sometimes to like come up with. Like, the next time someone picks this game up, is that going to be my niece getting right. rid of it for, yeah, after I'm gone? I'm like, dead. I know. Yeah. Yeah, so I use my library sometime to come up with the games for Name That Game. Mm-hmm. So sometimes if I can't, if I'm not inspired for a game or whatever, I'm like, okay, I need to come up with this because I need to write the clues. I'll just walk out and I'll just stare at my shelves mm-hmm. and just look through all the games. And that hit me the other day. I'm like, first of all, I touched one of the games and there was that much dust on mm-hmm. top of one of the piles. And I was mm-hmm. like, how long has it been since I've touched any of these? Yep. Like... Like, am I going to play Golden Axe Beast Rider again? No. 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 no so why no. do I even have it? Like, I don't know. There's deep psychological questions. Yeah, this right Q&A went a weird direction here. I didn't, I, didn't mean to, I didn't mean to get us into mortality here. <laughs> no, I think anyone our age thinks about this. My birthday's too. next week. I'm thinking about it, you know. Uh, from Sneaky. How you doing, brother? Um, after watching Digital Foundry talk about Pokemon Arceus and comparing other Switch open world games that look amazing, not on the cloud, do you think the issue is Game Freak doesn't have the chops to make a great Pokemon game we all want? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, I, I think it doesn't we, have the engine to do I it. I know that's been an ongoing argument for like the last three game, Pokemon Company Game Freak games, but like I think I think that's settled. Yeah. I think between Sword and yeah. Shield and the Brilliant Diamond, uh, Shining Pearl, and Arceus, like. Yeah, they're just not that good. They can design the, the hell side. out of a game. Oh yeah, but when it comes to building it and building an engine for it, yeah, <laughs> which makes them rather unique in in Nintendo world, where which like most of Nintendo's work closely with Nintendo, because yeah. you forget they are not in. You know, people forget. I think they're not a first party yeah. Nintendo team. People just assume, but yeah, it seems not. like because they only work with Nintendo. But like, yeah, they could definitely use a little more. Uh, I don't know, more support or less hubris. I don't know. Yeah, um, they just feel so far behind the curve compared to everything else Nintendo puts out. Um, Ed Rock, uh, we did talk about Tommy Tellerico stepping down as mm-hmm. a television CEO early. It wasn't a topic. I discussed it in the show open. Yeah, it was more of a... OCD Master, what camera and what mics do you use for the show? That's a good question. Um, I use, for our mics, well, I guess I can't really show you because you need to hear me, I use the Audio-Technica AT2020s. They're a good mid-range price condenser mic. Um, I think if you listen to the show, the podcast version of the show, I think the mics sound pretty great. Um, Now, when I record Good Morning Gaming, I do that at home. And I I just got a brand new USB mic for Christmas from my aunt. And it is a Rode NT USB. Um, I think these mics have better low end. I think Game Face sounds better overall. Um, but these look to use these mics, you have to have a mixing board that has phantom power. These are not powered mics, so they're kind of a pain in the butt to use. Um, like whenever I go to record Pactor Factor, I have to take a mic and I have to take this mixing board with me. And in fact, I'll be packing all this stuff up here in about 10 minutes because I'll pack everything up now for the shoot on Thursday. So anyway, we use uh, Audio Technica. Audio-Technica AT2020s, and then we have Panasonic 4K cameras. I'm not going to – it's sort of like HC – I don't even remember. Uh, but they're Panasonics, and they're 4K, and we have three of them, obviously, that we flip through. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, most of the gear that we use. And then, obviously, we have a TriCaster that we use. All that stuff goes into the TriCaster, and it kind of is like a big video and audio mixer that mixes it all together before the show goes out to you guys. 
Uh, okay, we'll take one more, and then we're out of time, if I can find one. Um, from Gino Mike one MSQMT, Matt and Shane's Quick Movie Take. That's a new show idea. Hmm. Um, any interest in the Oscars? Oscar predictions or general quick comment on the topic? I'm just going to start by saying I don't give a crap about the Oscars, hmm. and I'll turn it over to Matt. Uh, I do care about the Oscars, but mo- more of a, an inertia thing because I've watched them since I was like three. Um, I haven't really looked too much. I haven't seen hardly any of the nominees this year. I got to do a big. Uh, I got to do big, big Oscar catch up month, uh, I think. But um, I think my biggest shocker was um, I was surprised that Lady the Gaga nominations came out today. Nominations right? were this morning. Uh, I'm surprised that Lady Gaga got snubbed for House of Gucci and Jared Leto. I haven't watched that yet. Um, neither have I, but it was in the conversation. Um, I am stunned and pleased that Nightmare Alley got nominated for Best Picture. Uh, Guillermo del Toro getting some recognition there. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't love all his movies, but I do think he's one of the hardest working directors in in, in movies right now. Um, beyond that, um, yeah, I need to look through more of the more. Of the, I wasn't able to memorize all the nominees, but a lot of it made sense. I'm not sure who the front runner will be for Best Picture. Um, Coda is probably an outside favorite, but uh, no, I'll, I'll have a clearer idea as, as we get closer, and I've seen more of them. Um, but uh, yeah, that was my big surprise was Nightmare Alley is okay. in is in the Best Picture category. What did Billie Eilish get nominated for? Um, I was like, how was she nominated for an Oscar? Was it a song? Was there a song? Maybe I don't probably know. That's why I was asking. I just I, saw I her name the in the songs. headline or whatever. Oh, and West Side Story is in there. Uh, uh, West Side Story is interesting because West Side Story was a bomb. Didn't Spielberg just set a record for most Oscar nominations today? I think so, yeah. yeah. But Spiel- West Side Story tanked, like, hard. Have you watched it? No. Um, I hear it's very good, though. Yeah. Uh, and it was, critically, it was a huge success, so I knew it was going to be in the nominations for this. I hate musicals, except for West Side Story. A lot of people say that, I think. It's the only one I can watch. Mm-hmm. The rest of them, no way. Well, uh, this one, I mean, he got uh, director and uh, it got it got nominated for picture and uh, a bunch of, yeah, a few things in there. Um, I don't know. I mean, he could win. I don't know. Remember, the, the thing to look at, of course, is um, direct best director nominees versus best picture. If it's not if, if it's not direct director nomination, it's probably not going to win best picture. Yeah. So that's your kind of your short list. Okay. Um, I'll have a more clear idea of things as we get closer, get closer. to it, as I've seen more of these things. But yeah. Um, I'm just happy for Guillermo del Toro today. Okay. Um, that's it for Game Face 288. Oh, no, no Time to Die theme. That was what Billie Eilish was oh, okay. for. And then Jam Oh, Rain and says, Dune got snubbed. I wasn't happy about that. She has dil- dyslexia. She forgot her lyrics in concert at Coachella. You'd be shocked at how many artists, when they perform live, have a teleprompter with their lyrics. Yeah. People used to make fun of Ozzy Osbourne for it, and he legitimately needed it because he's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> But most artists now use teleprompters when they perform. Um, I don't really blame them. Some of these bands have 50, 60 songs. Yeah. Like, I'm always amazed. Like, look, I don't know. I don't play a musical instrument. I don't know how any of that works or how that brain it's works. Hard. But like, <laughs> sometimes I was like, you just you just know all the songs uh-huh. on the guitar. You just stand up there and play them. It's you know, crazy. Like, yeah, it's, like I was in bands. The most songs any of my band bands ever had was twelve originals. And it's it's intense, dude. But you practice so much that it just becomes muscle memory. And you got to realize, a song lasts three minutes. Mm-hmm. In an hour, you can practice that song like twenty times. Mm-hmm. And so you're right. Like it is crazy when you think about it. Like some of these bands, like these jam bands, which I hate jam band music, but these bands and musicians are amazing. And they play these songs that are like fourteen minutes long. 
And then they play for like four hours and they play every note perfectly. It's like, it's, it really is mind-blowing. Like, I got to hand it to them. Like, I'm a musician, but I'm not a musician like that. Yeah, because so. like... I played a lot of songs in like guitar hero and rock band a lot of times, yeah. but I never got to a point where I could play it without looking <laughs> without at the looking fucking at screen. The, yeah, I know. It's crazy, for sure. Uh, so anyway, that's it for Game Phase 288. I do want to say, last week, we set like a record for like one of our best viewerships ever. Hmm. Now, granted, the whole Sony buying Bungie thing, I think, was a huge bump, but I feel like we're starting to like get some momentum. Hmm. That's Well, now you've done it. Now I've done it. Now it's doomed. <laughs> it's all over. <laughs> Uh, look, if you love the show, and it does seem like there are more people watching the show live and enjoying the show than ever, uh, head to patreon.com slash sifted and pledge, please. Uh, that's how we're supported 100%. Uh, we have no other means of income other than our Patreon. We can make mm-hmm. minimal money off of YouTube. We have like a handful of stragglers left on our old uh, subscription system on Sifted. I've even thought about maybe, I hate to say it, booting you guys off of that and kicking you off to, hmm. uh, to Patreon. Because at this point, there's so few of you left. Um, on our old subscription mm-hmm. system. But anyway, uh, if you want to help us, head to patreon.com slash sifted. You can give us a dollar a month, a thousand dollars a month, whatever you want. Uh, generally, you just have to pay $4 or more per month to get all our content early. Um, I'm trying to figure out right now what to do with Good Morning Gaming's delay mm-hmm. because it's a daily show that mm-hmm. comes every morning. And, and I, stuff keeps happening in the morning. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it's like it's like posting this four days late isn't such a big deal. No. But when it's like, Good Morning Gaming, and the date is February 1st, and it's now February 7th, it's not a good look. So if any of you guys want to, you're our patrons, you guys are paying for our content. So I would really appreciate if you guys in the comments of this episode could let me know what you're okay with as far as delaying Good Morning Gaming. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think the show, everyone seems to love it. All our patrons love it. And even like the episodes that we're posting on YouTube that are delayed are getting like a good amount of comments and stuff. I do feel like it could be something that could help us financially. So um, you guys, you guys pay the bills. So whatever you guys say about how long we should delay it is what we'll do. But I do want to kind of put it on the table because Mm -hmm. I do think like maybe a day or two day delay, you guys are still getting your money's worth, but then it could help build so that we have more money and we could do more stuff for you guys. So Anyway, any opinions on that stuff, greatly appreciated. Um, so head to patreon.com slash sifted and hook us up if you can. If you have no money, and I've been there, I've been broke many times in my life, I get it. You can still help us for free if you have an Amazon Prime subscription. You just link your Amazon Prime account with your Twitch account, and then you just subscribe to our channel. You just go to sifted, uh, twitch.tv slash games, and there's a little button that you click, there's a drop down, and then you just click subscribe for free after you've linked your accounts. It's very easy. And it's $2.50 a month for free. It costs you nothing. It's a part of your Amazon Prime membership. If more people could do that, we'd be in such better shape. It's very it's frustrating to see people who have done it for a long time and they don't do it. Maybe we need to message it more often. I don't know what we need to do. But it could be a huge help to us. And lately, our numbers have been sagging there as well. So anything you can do to help us, we just really appreciate it. We need every dollar we can get to keep everything going here. This is also like one of our last couple episodes here in yep. this studio. We're getting booted out of here soon because they're selling the building. And we're struggling to find a new studio that we can afford because we just don't have any money. So anything you can do to help, we'd really appreciate it. Um, we'll try to bring back Name That Game next week. If you guys are cool <laughs> without prizes, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. And uh, Gino, Mike, I will definitely give a more thorough Oscar prediction thing closer to the Oscars so you all can win your Oscar pools. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. It's like fantasy football for Oscars, kind of. Yeah. And uh, remember, so anyway, it has nothing to do with how good the movie is. That's right. It's all politics. That's right. 
So there you go. That's Game Face episode 288. Thanks to everybody who watched the show live. You guys are awesome. Again, like last week, we had like one of our record audiences for a stream of Game Face. So things are trending in the right direction. Let's keep it going. Thanks again, you guys. Have a great week. Game Face is up and out.